0: Ooh, 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 ooh. yeah, let's do it. Oh my goodness, is it best show time? Are we in best show time now? Had a couple tech things, but they are sorted and squared away, and it's go time, as they say in the biz. And I say, welcome to the best show. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. The best show. My name's Tom. I'm the host of tonight's episode, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have some some fun for you, right? We got some fun ahead. What are we going to talk about tonight? Oh, we're going to talk. We'll talk about auditions, bad auditions. Who, who, who? who, who, You've all had them. If you're if you're in an actor, and I know there's some actors out there, and Let's, uh, you call up with those stories. Doodio, you must have one or two. I do. Okay. you, maybe you want to call in. I'll dial one, two Oh one three, three, two, three, four, eight, four. Get call. Get dialing. Pat, how are the phones looking? They are on and working and
1: we have one person on hold. So you could be next at 201. You could be be next. You hear that,
0: Jason? You could be next. I'm dialing right now. Call in. Maybe Pat'll, hopefully Pat won't screen you out. Mike, you've, you've, you ever do any auditioning? No, Tom. No? Well, it's never too late. No, I think the acting
2: uh, bug is, uh, well, the, the acting bug never came.
0: Nah, no, I I picture, was, I, I picture, you know I did
2: a couple things on the fly mm-hmm. for my own amusement, but uh never seriously.
0: No, I'm picturing I'm picturing a big role in the future. I'm picturing Iceman cometh. And should I I
1: wanted to ask, should we open it up to people with uh bad job interviews or no?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Any 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 audition, anything like that. Let's we'll crack it open. It's not just it's not what what, what, what are we what do we run in uh, uh backstage magazine here? It's just for actors only? No, it's for everybody. It's for the people. It's for everybody. You I I've got bad I've got bad ones every which way. So here's what we do. You call up 201-332-3484 with your bad audition story or or bad interview story. We'll talk to you. But I'm picturing this. This is what I picture. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Hugh Jackman will not be appearing in the Music Man. We have his understudy. A.P. Mike.
2: Yeah, no, that would be a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Being that, you, sing.
0: being that you don't probably don't know any as many songs from the music, no, Man. no, no. <laughs>
2: That
0: not might be not where a, it starts.
2: Not a showbiz kid. <laughs> what can well, I say? You know, I had Godspell when, when I was a kid. I like that. Let's, say, let's save
0: it for the show. Let's yeah, save it yeah. for the for the meat. Save it for the meat of the show, my friend. Day I'm by like, day, day by day, you did. Day by day, you did it all. We're getting ready. We're going to hear all about it when the best show begins, which is right now. everybody welcome back on this march evening in 2022 want to welcome all my friends back my old friends my new friends welcome to the best show here we go how are y'all doing yeah that's right so what's up everybody fun uh fun week right no it wasn't wasn't fun? No, well, let me tell you what's up. So, um, yeah, tonight we're going to talk all about, uh, auditions, uh, bad auditions and we'll throw in bad, uh, job interviews also. Cause again, this is not, a this is not a, a deadline Hollywood podcast. No, this. We got all sorts of people out there. We got we got uh we got steam fitters listening. We got uh we got everybody. Everybody's doing it here. There's some people who take to the stage. There's other people whose stage is an office. So everybody's welcome to call in 201 332 and uh, what did we just hear? Oh, you just heard the Black Lips. Veni Vidi Vici off the album, uh, was that off good, bad, not evil, man. They're good. I miss black lips. Are they coming back? Where are they? Who knows where the black lips are now? I'm ready. I'm ready for more black lips. Might be that time. Black lips has some fight in them. Might be time for that, that brand of fight. I was just listening to this Bruce Springsteen, uh, cause you know, I'm walking, I'm, uh, I hurt my foot after my, uh, million steps that I did over the three months. I promptly tripped in a parking lot of a coffee bean, hurt my foot, messed it up for a month or so, a little more than, more than a month, but I feel, uh, it feels, feels back to normal so i'm walking again and i sort of listened to this uh, uh bruce springsteen live show and on it which is which is something that helped me through a lot of that walking I was listening to these live these three hour shows great made perfect sense so this one from 1981 i should i should I, you know it's got so many curses honestly it has curses in it it's just like He's on stage the what what is probably new the East uh, the East Rutherford uh, Brendan Byrne Arena at that point where he's playing which also what a great thing that the uh, Brendan Byrne was what the governor of New Jersey at one point and then there's just an arena named it's like what what is this ancient Rome you slap your name on a thing Yeah. And look, I think it's gross you slap a company name on a thing. Like the crypto.com arena. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But it's also gross to have a thing named after a person. It's not like he paid for the thing. People in New Jersey paid for it regardless. He's playing a show in 1981 and then somebody throws a firecracker. And Bruce Springsteen goes off, and he's like, you effing, whoever threw that effing firecracker, point them out, have them thrown out of here. You, and nobody should be at a show worried that they're going to get an effing firecracker blown up in their face. Yeah. So I heard that. That helped me. That, but that was a certain kind of energy. There's a certain kind of energy that comes from that. I might need some of that... uh that uh, old fashioned black lips energy too, help me get through twenty twenty two because I'm working hard, man. Had some setbacks a couple weeks ago, which I'll talk about soon. But um, we're pulling we're 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 pulling the nose of the plane up. We got some big plans, so get ready. Um, I do want to congratulate um. As you know, speaking of New Jersey, talking about Jersey City, um the great team that played St. Fred's is, uh, St. Fred's, what is it? Pat? It's uh, St. Peter's, Tom. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. You're sure? I think you're sure, but yes. Wait, I got I say St. Fred. I thought it was almost positive. I can remember that, uh, what's his Iron Eagle saying? St. Fred's. But no? And also, he's the worst announcer in the history of sports. Iron Eagle. Put him on a rocket aimed right at the sun. That guy was so bad with Nets games through most of my life. He's so many there. years. Yeah, of course he, he's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. Iron Eagle. Thinks he's funny. Oh my god, he's so. He's just skin. He makes my skin crawl. His name is Iron Eagle, like the movie. No, Ian, I-A-N, but it's it's Ian, but he says iron Oh, weird. Yeah, no, it's not Iron no. Eagle. If it was Iron Eagle, you would have heard about that already. <laughs> Maybe that there's not. an announcer calling himself Iron Eagle. <laughs> That would have gotten on your <laughs> radar at some point. It probably would have. Yeah, yeah. No, he um, he's terrible. And he's paired with that other uh, Buffona, uh, Spinarkel, right?
2: No, he's uh, working with a young lady.
0: Okay. Um, well, Spinarkel we was right on now. the NCAA games. Yeah. Him. But this guy is like one of these nerds. He, he look. He's, an, he's a look, he, he's look. He's he's a he's a nerd, and now look. I, I God bless the nerds in the world. <laughs> God bless the nerds. <laughs> but he, he's a he, he's like. He, he looks like when he's doing the games. Like he just just got a swirly.
2: Would you say he's the Francesa of basketball? He's I mean, okay. well, yeah. What's his background? Did he start radio? Or, yeah, I don't even know his background. I can't
0: remember. I remember when he started on these Nets games in the '90s, and he was awful, and um, and then he just got like, he just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's yeah. like the it's like the, like, the, like the he's like the he's like the red hot chili peppers of of sports announcing. <laughs> just because he stayed around, mm-hmm. suddenly now he's an institution. Like, oh, Iron, Iron Eagle, he's one of the, he's been doing it forever. Yeah. Badly forever. He's also been doing it badly. He sucks, but whatever. He was calling those, he called the St. Fred's game and he was saying that, they, you know, but it's just like, God bless these college basketball announcers trying to spin. They talk about, they talk, they, they write everything off to amazing defense. Oh look at the defense that's being played! I saw one guy make a shot. There was nobody within the forty feet of him. The ball almost hit me in the head. I thought the ball was gonna—it was—it was gonna bounce off and hit me. That's how off target it was. Look, they're kids. They're kids. They should probably be in the library doing their homework. But no, now they're here funding a billion-dollar uh institution. But look, we're not going to defeat we're not going to get to the bottom of college sports tonight. That said, the team of St. Peters did a great job. They they did the state proud. They were playing so above their heads and it's very impressive what they did. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's truly impressive that is not a team with any sort of clout or or funding the way so many of these other teams have. And they went very far based on just on grit. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's extremely impressive. All kidding aside, whatever I think about college basketball, it's incredibly impressive.
2: First 15th, so, uh, ranked team to get that far.
0: Yeah. So I saw, it's just like unbelievable. And they, they got all the way to the elite eight where one where UNC, one of these institutional, uh, basketball schools just did their thing because they get they get all the all the recruits all the stuff you look at who's in the final four they're all the schools that get all all the kids go there first they get their pick of players so so yeah so they went up against the system it was david and goliath and they went up against it and they went very far it's very impressive Got me that wa- said what's that pat got me watching basketball that said I watched the game where they played Purdue I immediately said you know what I turned it on they were down by four when I turned it off I turned it back on I, I, I watched the game and they win it feels like good luck charm uh to me <laughs> then I announce I'm a good luck charm. And the flack I got right in my own backyard. It was Literally. a classic. It was a classic bandwagon jumper. Oh, I'm not saying it isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying when the good luck shows up, uh, do you want you want to let it in, or are you going to yeah. turn it away? Because you were in the because Pat, Pat, I like the idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike and Pat, Mike, I've never heard you mention Saint Peter's once in your life. You know, yeah,
2: no, I, I mean, you know, I'm not a, a diehard Sing Saint Saint the
0: fight. Let me hear the fight song. Go St. <laughs> Peter's, we're going to win. What, what's the fight song? But,
2: but I do have a connection. My father went there, so okay. I mean I could even put on a, a peacock sweatshirt if you like. Great. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> want to access. see this.
2: I have access.
0: Yeah, you have access. So you I have went access to the school bookstore. Book He's got to connect. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I could have access to it. Also, I do if I went to the school bookstore and buy buy uh, some hoodies with their logo on it. But I say I put it out there. I'm here to be a good luck charm, and I get destroyed by my own team. Driven away. So you know what I did? I withdrew my good luck status, and they lost. So if you want to pin the loss on anybody, look at Pat and look at Mike.
2: I didn't, I didn't see Pat's comment. What was Pat's comment?
0: Yeah, he's, he was. It just was bad vibes from the both of you. <laughs> but Mike, Mike, you were you were you were you were outraged that I called <laughs> that I said, called well, myself. He was like, the, "Good luck, charm, my The ass. the, the <laughs> bandwagon rah, rah. jumper, especially oh, ba- with your
2: animosity yeah. towards college oh, basketball the, the in bandwagon- general.
0: Let me just say the bandwagon jumper. <laughs> I got on the bandwagon 4 days after you did. <laughs> this guy acts like this guy acts like he's no, like I saw all the oh, games in his tournament. Eaters, but no. Oh, oh you saw oh, all 3 of them? My, well, I mean that's two so more what? than you, right? My my,
1: my oh, comment what? was on a was on a, our
2: text thread. I saw them
1: in, in their other quote, tournament,
2: the NCAA
0: tournament. I oh, Okay, I saw those great, games. Oh, great, good, good for Did you. You watch that tournament? No, of course oh. I didn't. I told you I watched one game. <laughs> my
1: my watched comment was on our text thread. I said I said that all I said was that I I certainly enjoyed that uh, student film.
0: <laughs> what I said? Yeah. This again. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. Don't act like you you're at every game and suddenly I show up like, hey, what's up guys? but this I've game, never Mike, been on Mike, a
2: record talking Mike. down the entire college basketball league.
0: yeah I've never well, done a, that okay well let me ask you let me ask you a question then Does, who okay we're gonna just I'm gonna put a question to the group now who amongst the four of us regularly criticizes criticizes movies more than anyone else <laughs> Mike yeah i mean it's, it's definitely mike yeah, it's mike yeah I'm a, so I'm it's the fault there, right? so, so you, have an opi- you have an opinion about the <laughs> form uh-huh you 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 get on the thing you get on it more than anybody else but you don't suddenly but suddenly if you jump on a movie there would not be oh look at this bandwagon guy liking movies all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> it's like but look i offered it my good luck charm status. I was rebuffed by a couple diehard St. Peters uh, by a guy by guys that bleed the colors. I don't. I bet you they couldn't even name the colors that they bleed. Peacock colors. The peacock colors. <laughs> no, tell blue. me what blue, uh, blue, 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 oh,
1: blue. Okay, blue is blue. prominent. Yeah. it's blue. It's blue, white, and green. But listen, uh, Tom. How are we supposed to decipher which which tweets from uh, you are not sarcastic? You got Answer my phone is that. Number.
0: You got my phone number. Okay. Last time I checked, you got my phone number. Just uh-huh. shoot me a text and go. What do we? What, what's what's the uh, what's the score here? So I took my good luck status and I handed it to UNC, and then they <laughs> demolished. Uh-huh. It was, was it, was I happy to do it? No, it broke my heart, but I felt I had no other choice. So I handed my good luck, my good luck stature to UNC and they demolished a the team in my own backyard.
2: Are you going to stick with them through the final floor?
0: No, it's He's up for out. grabs. He's I out. I have no, I have no allegiance <laughs> to UNC. Tom's out. Yeah. What allegiance? Like the only allegiance I have to UNC is I like a bunch of players that played for UNC. Rasheed Wallace, love Rasheed Wallace, one of my all-time favorite players. He was from U. He played UNC. Um, who else? Uh Jerry Stackhouse, I used to like a bunch. Um, uh, Michael Jordan, I uh, I think is a, a quality basketball player. Um. <laughs> I expect, I see good things coming with him. Um, no, I don't care about any of these things. I just look forward to going to a law office, uh, five years from now, if I'm still here, which I odds are I probably won't be. I like to say things like this. Cause then it just like, then people <laughs> can look back and it'll make it dramatic. If, uh-huh. if, if God forbid I croak. <laughs> then people can pull this up and it'll be like, look he's talking about it. isn't that extra sad? Um but look, I look forward to going to a law office and meeting with the star uh small forward of any of these teams and having them help me with uh with a contract or or some sort of uh some sort of land dispute. <laughs> like, they can file the papers. I like pro basketball, so what are you gonna do? I'm sorry. I like watching because 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 this time of year, all you see is well, they're playing the right way, and you see like people go, oh yeah, well you know, if if the 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 pro players don't care, yeah, they don't care. Yeah, now they're playing 82 games a year. And they're playing against other adults. They're beat up. They can't always be at that they can't always be running around like a lunatic. The other thing the NBA players tend to do is well when one of them shoots the basketball, it usually goes in in and hit and goes through the rim. Is one of the things they're kinda good at.
2: Actually, I think I think the college basketball is getting a lot like the pros with more three pointers. Of uh, yeah, there were so yeah. many three pointers. I'm like, what are you throwing up these three pointers? Yeah, you can't make them. And
0: they're even in yeah. they're they're in closer. They're three point lines closer than the NBA line. God bless all the God bless St. Peter's. You did it. You did the state proud. Did I want to withdraw my good luck charm status? No. I was I was walked to that point. I apologize to the Dean of the school, or whoever you want me back. We can talk about it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. In the meantime, yeah, I, I do. It was it was exciting to see. And we also, speaking of basketball, what we're doing for the best show, best show book club. We're reading a book called Blood in the Garden. Blood in or on.
2: Blood in the Garden,
0: yeah. Blood in the Garden, which is a book about the 1990s New York Knicks. And I'm about halfway through it. I'll finish it this week. We'll do a book club meetup, talk about it, maybe get the author on. I've already reached out to him, Tom. Did you see I saw, that? I saw. I saw. Yeah. I saw. Again. He's already. already. We'll spring in, spring in your step. I like it. You think, you think you're playing for St. Peter's the way you're diving. That's like you diving after a loose ball. Now, Jason, you yeah. don't know two things about basketball. You've said it. It's not your, it's not your thing. I don't know one thing about basketball. If, it, if you were reading a book about, um, about fog hat, boy, oh boy, would you be in great shape. Man. We, 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 you'd be the one lecturing us, uh, lecturing the book about how it is if you yeah. were reading a book about uh, John Kay and Steppenwolf. What, um, but it's not. It's basketball. Did you start this book by any chance?
3: I've, I've started it. I'm still very close to the beginning, but I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. I am enjoying it. It's not all basketball. It's more about the, uh, behind the scenes yeah. stuff and the fights on the court. Yeah. Like that's the stuff I care about.
0: Who is a character? Is there any name that jumps out that you want to know more about? Um what's his name? Pat Riley? Pat Riley, the coach. He was yeah. the coach, yes. Yeah. Legendary coach. He coached the Lakers to multiple championships. Then um then um then moved to New York and coached the Knicks. And you then, guys called him Pat the Rat last week. Well, the people of New York called him Pat the Rat when he left. Right. And went to Miami to coach the Miami Heat. The back page of the post said Pat the Rat. Is he still alive? Uh, He is still alive, yes.
3: He's still with us. Mike, have you tweeted at Pat Riley? He's not on. <laughs> I don't
0: think he's on Twitter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean... I didn't know much about Pat, but you, you learn about him. And, yeah, there's the certain characteristics will, I'll mm-hmm. save. But uh, <laughs> not the hero I thought I, he might be. Mm-hmm. Who
1: who would play he, Pat Riley if you could cast anyone? Oh, Adrian Brody.
0: I'm thinking Pacino. Adrian Brody.
2: Yeah. yeah. What about Mike, McConaughey?
0: Adrian Brody's isn't he literally playing him on winning time?
2: <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, it's like he, he literally just got cast. I'm only one episode in. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward. I hope, I hope winning time stays on long enough to get to the, to get to the era, the mid nineties version of the, um, Lakers. Get a uh, Nick Van Exel in there and Elden Campbell.
2: I flip. I flipped by it. I saw about two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I guess, is Jerry West some sort of monster in the series? I mean, I didn't well, realize it I was think they're Jerry West.
0: Into, they're leaning into some of his, uh, uh, he, Jerry West is pretty open about his, uh, he had a lot of, uh, mental problems and he's been uh-huh. very open about that. I, I haven't started watching the show yet. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. So yeah, so look, we're, we're, uh, we we'll, we're, we're doing it. Here, we're going to do a best show book club. We'll talk about that. In the meantime, but tonight, what we're talking about is auditions, bad auditions. Cause actors, they go up, they do an audition. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. They go up. They, they're, 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 it's a very vulnerable position. It's very vulnerable. Now, Jason Dudio Gore, you've been, you've auditioned for things and it's extremely vulnerable. Am I, am I wrong about that?
3: Oh God. Yeah. It's
0: very, I've, very vulnerable. Yeah. Now I've sat on the other side of that table because I've directed a few things. And you sit there and you watch the auditions. I always try to be very kind to the people when they come in and audition because it is so vulnerable. And I've seen people treat the actors horribly. And I <laughs> really it turned my it would turn my stomach. Because and I would just try to be very, very I just try to be a little human with them. And some of these people are just monsters with them. Yeah. They treat, they treat them like cattle.
3: I think I talked to you about one, like right after it happened, Kristen and I both auditioned because they were looking for real life couples. Mm-hmm. And we went in, it was a rug doctor commercial mm-hmm. and we went into the room and they said hi. And then told us, gave us the instructions. And as we're doing the audition, uh, one of the casting directors goes, so what do you want for lunch? What, are we going to do the Greek place just as loud as they could be? Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, we should do the Greek place like while we're doing the audition. Oh, my God. And I asked you afterwards, I'm like, does that happen a lot? And they were just tossing menus back and forth. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the Greek place sounds great. Give them a call. And then when we're done, then they notice we're done and just kind of staring at them with our mouths open. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, great. Thanks.
0: We'll let you know. Agree. Yeah. Now that's disgusting. Yeah, it's thoughtless. These people are. But but when you get past them, then you can maybe hopefully laugh about things. Because look, I'll talk about the job thing when I went for a certain job for a show when I was trying to. I've talked about it before. When this when this showrunner said I was giving off an Eeyore vibe. Oh my god! And this is this is me. This is the, I. I had a contract for the job, but then they're saying I got an Eeyore vibe. They're trying to drive me away. They're trying to drive me away from the job I had a contract for, and they succeeded. In that
3: moment, were you giving an Eeyore vibe? Like, do you remember? Were no. you sitting there?
0: I think I made a joke. It's like, yeah, I'm picking up on a real Eeyore vibe from you. <laughs> that's awful. this person's gone on i see their name in in things and it makes me want to barf when i see their name it makes me want to barf and i just saw their name on a new show made me want to barf then e or vibe they just took money uh they 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 they, 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 they i was uh I, I lost all the money for the job because because i was not gonna it was it was a matter it was a form of just whatever you want to call it intimidation, whatever. Oh, no. They, they got what they wanted, which was for me to not work there and for me to break my own contract, but they made it clear it was going to be awful. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's,
2: I would have put that person on the spot. I would have said, what do you mean by that? I haven't read, you know, Winnie the Pooh in a few mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. Um Well, you know, it's, I don't remember you that much. What, yeah. I what exactly should've. are you saying?
0: The, they, put them on they, the spot. Okay. Oh, thank, thanks. I'll put them on. <laughs> I'll put them on the spot. Thanks. Thanks.
2: So need to come out with something <laughs> yeah. that stupid, I mean, you yeah. know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta hey, right back.
0: Huh. God help me for saying this. You're right. <laughs> you're right. No. Um, yeah. So, uh, we'll talk about that. People can call in and talk about those things and, um, Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash live. So who are the animals? Because I don't what smell them. What do we got call-wise here? Calls? Anything?
4: We got a
1: full full bank.
0: Then they drop one on me. Is Dudio one of the calls?
1: Dudio decided not to do the call.
0: Mm, okay. Well, throw me a call, please.
1: Okay. You want You want oldest call?
0: Oldest, please.
1: All right right
0: hello hi best Show. hey tom hello hi to whom am i speaking this is jesse from seattle jesse from seattle now this jesse uh or did you call a few weeks ago are you in a rock band i am
5: yeah yeah that's me
0: what was the group called again advertisement
5: yeah that's i'm i'm an easy remember yeah that's me
0: i pay attention jesse what do you no think it's, i'm doing it's here? awesome what do you think <laughs> i'm doing here jesse
5: you' got a lot of callers, Tom
0: yeah well you're important to me what what do you got for me, my friend?
5: I was just calling to uh to basically yeah, just thank you for getting back to my message and i 'm getting this uh this package ready for you. We just got back from tour um, and we were listening to the show the whole way and um <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, it's nice to be back, and I appreciate you getting back to my message on Twitter so fast.
0: Yeah, of course, well, like like they said, uh, they said uh, on on the show, like like John Sebastian said, "Welcome back." So what do you? Uh, so uh, what, what was the tour like?
5: It was kind of crazy. We um, we started in L.A. and re- we recorded a single, um, and that was like the first five days of of the whole experience Mm
6: -hmm. and
5: then we immediately from there went to up to San Francisco and met up with the other bands that we were touring with um and then played our way back down to LA and then drove across uh Arizona and played our way through there uh played a show in Texas and then we got to South by Southwest and did that whole thing um which I know you're you're familiar with (laughs) from personal experience and it's just crazy. It was like it was unlike anything I've ever experienced and I've been to a lot of music festivals and stuff. It was bananas.
0: Yeah. Um well, I I've never been to South by Southwest. You haven't been to South by Southwest? No, no. I never could go. The WFMU marathon always took place when South by Southwest was happening and I was so it was so all-encompassing for me that I didn't uh, ever get there over the years? I mean, I could oh, go. Okay. I could yeah. kind of go now. Now that's picking yeah. back up. Maybe I'll go next year. Maybe next year you'll you see go. me at South by Southwest doing my thing.
5: Yeah. For some reason, I
0: thought you and John the a, There
5: you go. For some reason, I thought you and John played a set there, but I'm just I'm mixed up. No, but uh, never did. But anyway, on the way back, um we all started feeling kind of sick. And <laughs> We're like, oh, oh no. this this is great.
0: Uh, oh
5: no! Yeah, what yeah. Happened? So we you started that. Uh, well, we started taking the rapid tests, and they were all coming up negative.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And um, you know, we all we just kind of headachy and sick, and and then we finally play our last show in Tempe, um, uh, Arizona, like outside of outside of Phoenix.
6: And mm-hmm.
5: this one dude in the in the other band that we're playing with is like. He seems like he's in a really, really bad way, like sicker than the rest of us. And we're like, ooh, yeah. not, this is not good. Anyway, we, we, uh, we get back. My friend, uh, Carl and I start driving up to Seattle because he's going to come visit his folks and I'm headed back home. And, uh, they, they call us from the other band and they're like, yeah, that we just tested positive for COVID. Um,
0: yeah, you kind of saw that happening though. When you're not right. feeling well, you know where it's going. Exactly, but so
5: then we're, we're like in in three hours north of LA, and we're just like, holy crap, like what are we going to do right now, because the options are super limited, anyway, we end up turning around, I bring Carl back to LA, because he's living there, and I immediately get a PCR test, I've had enough with the rapid tests, mm-hmm. and I drive back up to Seattle, and my test comes back negative, and so I just like... And then I also started feeling better the next day. So I just like, I feel like I'm never going to know if I had COVID or not. It's like weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It, may, it sounds like, it sounds like maybe you had the, the fast one, the Omicron. There you go. Maybe you had it. I, I hope, uh, well, if you're on the other side of it, I hope you just quarantine a little bit and make sure you're in, then just, and then, then you can move forward, but it's a real, uh, it's, yeah, you gotta, it's it's serious stuff when it hits you.
5: Yeah, I'm, you get, uh.
0: Especially if you get a bad, you get a bad one, yikes. Yeah, I'm
5: glad you're, you're, uh, I mean, knock on wood, but I'm glad you're on the other side of it. You know, that was, that was horrible hearing about everything you were going through. That oh, thank,
0: thank you, Jesse. So, so, what well, well, what do you got for me tonight, buddy? You got an no, audition I didn't, I didn't... story?
5: I've got some, but they're kind of underwhelming. I'll just let you get on to the next calls, but I wanted to thank you for, uh, for the show and for, um, for reaching out about this, the records. I'm going
0: to send them out this week. This is a class act. This guy's a class act. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jesse. Have a great night, Tom. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, yeah, give it. You want to give me another call there, uh, Pat? You want to give me, uh, what do we got? Two through five booked? Yeah, we got,
1: uh, two through five. Line one's open if you want to call in next.
0: Alright, give me five. Give me five, please. Hello, best show. AP hey, man, it's Mike in Baybridge
7: here. Been listening for a long time, but, uh, finally grew the nads to call in.
0: Yeah. How are you, Mike?
7: I just, I, I'm doing good. You know, I just want to say that, um, I hope this night finds you well in a time where all sense of civility and reason seems to have fallen by the wayside, a time where goodwill and benefit of the doubt has taken a back seat to rash actions of aggression. Like me, I'm sure you crave that connection to one another that can never be quenched, that desire for purpose and a sense of sense of place, of
0: place. yeah, sense of I'm, place, yeah, so, hey uh buddy, Bruce, this is Bruce Springsteen, isn't it?
7: I gotta say, man, when you remember me, it's like a baby bird returning to the warm, flagrant twigginess of its mother's lovingly assembled nest,
0: flagrant twigginess.
7: Yes, warm, flagrant twigginess.
0: The warm, flagrant twigginess. Yes. I, I like, that's, uh, that sounds like, um, warm, flagrant twigginess sounds like a Mars Volta album.
7: Well, you know what? It was actually the original first line of, uh, of my song, She's the
0: One. War, how did that, how did that go? With the warm, flagrant twigginess and the, And I couldn't really rhyme <laughs> so I, so I took it back. So you've had that phrase bouncing around your head for a long time, Bruce.
8: Absolutely. Yeah, even before that, it was,
7: In the day we sweated out on the streets of a warm, flagrant twigginess.
0: And it just didn't happen. It just didn't make it right, you know? No, that sounds a little... Um... That one's a bit of a stretch. Well, they both were, but I'm sure you saw that line working somewhere, and maybe tonight was the night it worked.
7: Well, I also tried it on another song, and it was originally, you know, come on up for the warm, flagrant twigginess, but that didn't really. It was was, was, was a mouthful. Sure. So you
0: simplified that to come on up for the rising.
7: I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, h- how are you tonight, Bruce?
7: You know, like I got like everybody. You know, got a lot of stuff on on my mind. And um, before I get into that, I do have something for the topic.
0: Okay, for uh, the worst auditions.
7: Yes. Yeah. Um, Tom, you're not going to believe this, but I was first choice to play Michael Knight in the TV show Night Rider.
0: The t- the show Knight Rider. You were the first. You were the first choice. I did. I yeah. have never heard that.
7: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's not that well known. And I'll tell
7: you, I would have gotten the role too if I'd just been able to turn the car on.
0: You couldn't get the car to work.
7: Couldn't get it to start. It, 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 I'm serious. After like 15 minutes. Of me trying to figure out that dashboard and then dropping what had to be two hundred f bombs, the casting agent finally just said, "Okay, thanks for your time. Uh, next."
0: But at this point, you were you were a known performer. Yes. Oh yes, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, Pardon me. Oh. You're right there, Bruce. Uh,
7: yeah, I'm. I'm in the <laughs> attic. You know, Patty doesn't want me. I feel like, smoking cigarettes, and, I, and she doesn't want me down the uh-huh. stairs. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, Night
0: Rider was, what, like, the early 80s? Yes, yeah. Uh, 80s, you had, you already watched. had a number one album at that point. I know, I know, and I,
7: I, don't know, I just kind of wanted to try some other stuff, but that damn car, I could not turn it on. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, it worked out for the best because... Let's be honest, there would have just been too much drama on the set with that torrid affair that was happening.
0: What what torrid affair?
7: Oh, you don't know about this?
0: I, I, I don't.
7: Oh, yeah. Well, a few years into the show, the car that played Kit was having this thing with the car that played the title role in the movie Christine.
0: Wait, hold, hold on a second. The cars were having an affair, yeah,
7: yeah, see both cars were married to other cars in the industry, and it was apparently just this flagrant nightmare for all of season three
0: that the two cars were having uh liaisons
7: they tried to keep it hush, hush, but it's you know when when it's when you've got horns and stuff, it just doesn't it doesn't work, but I'll tell you honestly, yeah. I heard from Mellencamp that the car that played Christine was a total bitch. Oh
0: my god.
7: Yeah, they went out a couple times.
0: John Mellencamp went out with the car.
7: Yeah, her real name was Deirdre.
0: Okay, well.
7: Yeah.
0: Okay, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. In my yeah, life, I know, I know. So. Been,
7: okay, we've been talking; best friends for a few for like a, it feels like a few years now, too. You know all my secrets.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. No. This is this is that's a strange one, Bruce. Yeah. Well, let's um, get
7: right to the let's get right to the elephant in the room, okay?
0: Hmm. In the room, what is it?
7: Um, the slap.
0: Yes, the slap. It's what everybody's talking about.
7: Well. First, I want to say, violence is never appropriate unless you're launched back in time on a family rafting trip and you end up with a sleeve stack on your ass.
0: Yeah, I guess if if you were sent back into the land of the lost, then, yeah, violence might have to be put on the table as an option.
7: I think so, yeah. But, man, I have never seen anyone take a slap, and keep their composure like Chris Rock did.
0: He definitely held it together.
7: I got a text from Jackson Brown, like, seconds later, and I'm going to pull it up. It's pretty funny. Did you see that? Thank God Chris Rock wasn't in our slap fighting league back in the 70s. He'd have been unbeatable like Ali! Exclamation point.
0: For the slap fighting. You you were in a slap fighting league?
7: Yes. Yeah. Uh, J- Jackson ran one out of his basement. Um, gosh, I want to say maybe like seventy-seven to eighty.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like around the no I, nukes time.
7: Absolutely. Yeah. I I even got a text from Linda Ronstadt, who I don't hear from that that much, and it, it says, um, "Wish I had that kind of fearlessness when Joni went to town on my face in Jackson's basement."
0: So this was like a real star-studded slap league. Uh, Yeah, I told you all about it like last week. Oh, no, okay, yeah. I, I remember. I just, it's just, it's, um, I didn't know Joni Mitchell and Linda Ronstadt were involved. It's a real, it's a real who's who, huh?
7: Yeah, Ricky Lee Jones was the best, uh, was the best female. She, oh my God. I don't know if you ever saw this movie called Tommy Boy.
0: Yes, a Chris a Chris Farley movie.
7: Yeah, well, there's a scene in it that um where um uh, he and David Spade get into a fight, and David Spade slaps him in the face, and then moments later they're in a diner, and the wait and, and before he's about to order, he goes, "Richard, does my face have a mark on it? It's between here and here." And he turns around, and of course, it's like a full on handprint.
0: Yeah, it was like that. It... It was like that, so but that was David Spade saying,
7: yeah,
0: he yeah, um,
7: but but I, wow. I want to say it it was assault, plain and simple, and and I did see that Will apologized, so that's good, I guess. I don't know, it was bad.
0: Yeah, he's kind of walking it back a little yeah. bit and owning his share of it. Um, well, his good. share is all of it,
9: all of it.
7: Yeah, not acceptable, not
0: acceptable. No. But
7: hey. Hey, um. While on the topic of assaults,
0: yeah. Um,
7: they kept my name out of the paper, but I was mugged a month ago while I was taking a walk in Wellsbridge.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? What? What
7: happened? Well, I, I wasn't hurt or anything, but the guy did shove me to the ground before he
9: took my wallet.
1: Oh,
7: that's terrible. Yeah, uh, but you know, I was more annoyed than anything. But I did get some pretty delicious
0: revenge. What, what kind of revenge did you get?
7: Well, I knew the guy who attacked me was a member of the local chapter of the Pine Barons Motorcycle Gang. Hmm. And um, for the record, it's spelled B A R O N S, like the old time oil barons, not B A R R E N S, like the Pine Barons.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, that's a clever, well, a clever name. Then
7: it it is. I left it out of my book, Born to Run, but I was briefly a member of the uh, Pine Barons back in '67.
0: Okay, I, I didn't know you were in a gang.
7: Yeah, you know, it, it, I'll tell you. Talk about simpler times. You know, we just basically, you know, we create mischief, you know, take 20 bucks from a kid who wanted to buy a switchblade and then shove a baby Ruth in his sock, you know, drink stolen sodas, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, just the kind of dumb stuff that kids do.
7: Yeah, yeah. But I I, I had to drop out because our leader skunk face and I butted heads over what our uniform should be.
0: The leader of the group was Skunk Face.
7: That's right. Yeah.
0: And wh- why was it, why would he have that nickname?
7: Well, you know, he a ha- it's, it's Did he weird. have a skunk he, face? No, but he. It was a cut. Like he didn't. He didn't wash a lot, so he smelled. And then. um He also had like a weird face. It wasn't that weird, but he just looked like you know how like um, on the cover of that Grateful Dead album where the guy, the tourist, is like putting an ice cream cone on his face.
0: Yeah, the one the uh, the kid smashing the cone on his head.
7: Yeah, well, not he looked like that, but now come to think of it, he should have been called Ice Cream Face.
0: That kid or, or Skunk Face should have been called. Skunk ice face. If I, if he resembled the kid from Europe '72, yeah. then he should have been Ice Cream I Face.
7: Record, I don't think that record wasn't even out yet, though. But anyway, he Skunk Face thought that our our uniform should be you know leather stuff, denim like Hell's Angels. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it should be that.
0: What What did you picture it being?
7: I thought we should dress like Paul Revere and the Raiders, featuring Mark Lindsay.
0: So just dress in like colonial, colonial outfits.
7: Yeah, it had more pizzazz, and and I think we can all agree that nothing says I came to rumble better than a three cornered hat.
0: Well, yeah, that's a fair point. You also would have been, you also would have predated uh, the warriors with that approach. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yep. You know the whole thing with the Warriors would be if if you had uh, a cab, the Warriors would not have happened if anybody it could have true. just like hailed a cab, yeah, they would have gotten home just fine.
7: I don't think anyone really had that much cash on hand back then, did they
0: but it's a it's just like it's a, if it's a matter of you getting killed. Maybe you want to well, spring for the six dollar cab ride, what if you don't have that? I mean, what did those guys do for work? The warriors I don't know that's a very that would be an interesting story. Just the warriors off the clock what yeah, their yeah. deal was
7: a day in the life like maybe one guy worked on a road crew or something, maybe one guy worked in a pet shop,
0: yeah, like he'd be in the pet shop and he'd just be like. Yeah, tonight we're gonna go, and like if he saw one of the baseball furies come in to like look at hamsters. Right, right. Would he, would he have to put aside his gang affiliation to help a customer?
7: Well, the baseball furies code was that they always had to be in, in, in makeup. So, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no wiggle room there for sure.
0: Yeah, so he'd come in. Well, I would hope that if you worked in a pet shop, and you were in the Warriors, you wouldn't. I like. I would. I would rather not go into a pet shop and if I'm looking for like a goldfish, and then suddenly there's a guy just in a a shirtless leather vest right. there. I'd, 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 you yes. know, it would be nice if they didn't. If they had a shirt on.
7: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of gang codes. Yeah, well, I read somewhere in the two thousands that all the members of the Barons were required to get uh, a small tattoo of a pine tree on their neck. And okay. during during my assault, I realized that my assailant did have one of those.
0: Your assailant had a pine tree tattoo on their neck.
7: Yes, yeah, so I knew he was in the Barons. And so I also knew that the barons loved to read their own press. Mm-hmm. So I knew they'd be looking online or in the papers to see if there was any mention of the mugging.
0: Yeah, and, and was there?
7: Well, when I reported it to the police, I added something that didn't actually happen. Ah, oh,
0: that's that's crafty. Right?
7: right? So, so I tell the cops that my assailant started having over-the-pants fun with himself while he mugged me.
0: And so that made it into the article.
7: Well, and that he was also moaning in the same way that Judge Montgomery Davies was said to have moaned when he was caught using that device under his Mm
3: -hmm.
0: robe
7: during trials, minus the whooshes and thuds, of course.
0: Yes, minus the whooshes and thuds.
7: So the story comes out and the headline reads, Wealth Bridge self diddler, most likely member of Sick Local Biker Cult.
0: Well, that must have driven them uh up the
7: wall. Right? And the Pine Barons got so mad about this that it blew their rep, you know, that they, they turned in my assailant and denied mm-hmm. even knowing him.
0: So that's them. To quote one of your own songs, I guess they they took care of their own,
7: absolutely, yes, and also, uh, in the spirit of one of my songs, um uh, what's a good line of mine? Oh God, there's so many, I'd be really, really boastful i I, no, I don't want to go down this this road. that's a bad look for the boss,
0: yeah, you should probably let other people reference the things like that, I and think then you so. can, yeah.
7: You know, Tom. The more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm convinced you and me should write up a spec script to submit to Dick Wolf for Law and Order: Perv Unit sixty nine.
0: Law and Order: Per. Well, that sounds. Um, look, hey, I. I'll, 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 so you would want to run a show? No, I just want. I just want us to write one, one script for it.
7: Okay. Uh, the showrunner the showrunner is this kid, oh god, what's his name?
0: Jake Fogelnorp. <laughs> okay, so Jake Fogelnorp. Um he so we'd write a script and then he would produce it.
7: Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. But you well, know what? Um this story does have a silver lining and and that lining is that I want this to be a lesson to everybody out there. Okay?
6: Mm-hmm.
7: And that lesson is wear your wallet on a chain. There's a reason you never hear about social distortion or Jesse Dayton getting mugged
0: because they they wear their wallet on a chain. Yes.
7: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's just like I've I've yet to hear a story about Big J Okerson getting um, ever ever
7: ever. I I you know it's like I I. He doesn't know this. I don't know Jake well, but I've seen him on the street sometimes. Uh huh. I, I have seen tough guys walk up behind him stealthily, like they're gonna take those fingerless gloves. Yeah. And then they see the chain.
0: And they just know, well, this guy knows, this guy's got his business, uh, he's got his business figured out. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it.
7: Yep. Keep walking.
0: Yeah. I, I that sounds like that sounds like well, those are that's a wise decision.
7: I think so. You know, I've told some people about about the mugging, and it's so bizarre. They all ask why I didn't tell the biker I was Bruce Springsteen.
0: Yeah, and well, why wouldn't you tell him?
7: You know, I, I don't like to pull the "Wait, do you know who I am?" card, and believe me, I learned my lesson hard in the Hamptons last summer.
0: Um, well, well, please, I, I need to know what happened in the Hamptons. If this is, okay. if this is, if what, what, what you, you did play your, your, don't you know who I am card? I did. Um, Patty and me was up there, you know, hanging out at the beach and mm-hmm. I, I go to the
7: store to get some, some brews, right? You sure. I, I got my mask on. I, I go into the cooler to grab this sixer of, uh, Sierra Nevada. It's the last one. My beer of mm-hmm. choice. And as I'm about to as I'm grabbing it, this other hand reaches in and grabs it and takes it.
0: Okay. So you so, got snaked. Uh, You're you got snaked yeah. on the final sixer.
7: He snaked my booze and I'm furious, right? And mm-hmm. I wanted those I wanted those ice cold chowskis
0: Sure. No, you want, you wanted you you wanted some cold ones.
7: I did. I, I'm furious and, and so I start yelling at this guy. And he starts yelling back at me. Yeah. And I'm what so, I'm so, I'm so PO'd, I pull my mask down so uh-huh. he can see where I am. I, I play the card, right?
0: Yeah. Cause you're going to show him just like, Hey man, just so you know, you're messing with Bruce Springsteen.
7: Exactly. So Tom, then he pulls his mask down. hmm. Tell him it was President Bill Clinton.
0: Wow, Well that's well. I mean, that's an exciting that's an exciting celebrity encounter. But it's not as exciting because you are a celebrity also. So it's
7: yeah, but he's bigger, Tom. He beat me in a fame off, fair and square.
0: Uh huh. And a fame off is a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a thing. I've never heard of the phrase fame off.
7: Well, there's a reason for that.
0: Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah, of course, because it's a game I'm not playing. Obviously.
7: Well, well, it's 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 a magazine
6: that
7: you know FPs of a certain standing, famous uh,
0: people. Yeah.
7: Receive complimentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh I'd be glad to 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 like refer you. Maybe. I mean, you
0: know, some you have rock friends, right? So there's a famous. There's a magazine called for famous people. Yeah. That, that you have to be famous to get a copy of the magazine? Yeah, FP Monthly. F, okay. Well, I, I yeah. um, no, that's all right. Look, I, I, it's not my status. It's yours, obviously. I don't need, well, look. I don't need to know about what's inside an issue of FP. Mag- I mean, I'm actually, I'm curious what is inside of an issue of FP magazine.
7: I can't tell you. I really can't.
0: Of course, of course. I know you can't. I, I was. I, I assumed that was going to be the answer. I,
7: yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but look. Getting back to to, to that story. So I'm um, there with Bill Clinton. We make up, and we end up taking the year down to the railroad tracks, and we drank it, and we listened to that ex- excitable boy while his security details stood just ten feet away.
0: So you're playing. You're playing a Warren Zevon album. By the railroad tracks, while pound, pounding some beer.
7: Yeah, it was pretty fun.
0: It you sounds. Know? It actually sounds fun.
7: It's true. I mean, things could things could be worse, right? You know, I'm just thankful that we live in a time where impactful, thought-provoking shows like "Is It Cake?" get greenlit. What?
0: But... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair. Is it cake?
7: And um, I'll be really honest. 80% of the time, I
0: don't know. I mean, it's it's a great question when you see a bowling ball and somebody's saying, this could be cake. Right. we got to get, get to the bottom of it.
7: It's right, you know. It's an undeniable talent. I give him that. Maybe I'm just jealous. I don't know.
0: Well, you could you could be on is is this cake? No, I can't bake for shit. Oh, okay. Well, you don't have to. Talk. Well, you could be on as a contestant guessing whether it's cake.
7: No, I don't. I feel funny, but I don't like to eat in front of people.
0: Is that a thing with you? You don't like to eat in front of people.
7: Yeah, I end up just kind of like stirring my food around.
0: Uh-huh. So you kind of just do, you vamp a little bit, and then you eat yeah. when nobody's looking?
7: I food vamp, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of like the outro to a lot of Van Morrison songs, but with eating. Sure. a lot of my songs. Most of my songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you've got to, you've, you, you've been known to vamp. Right, it's like the, the aforementioned She's the One, like, Actually, it's a pre You know, I, I used to do—I used to do
7: eight minutes of Mona by Bo Diddley before going
0: into you know the actual song.
7: But
0: you know, people seem to like it. I don't know. Yeah, no, there, uh, Bruce. You would uh, at, at one point, you and your band were the masters of turning a song into two and a half songs. Yeah, yeah. you are kind of like.
7: My motto was, let's turn this song into a lifetime.
0: Where there would be, you would do Prove It All Night live. And it would be a good five minutes before anything resembling the song as it is on the record would start. Exactly. It's like I'd look back at Matt and I'd go, I think we've kept him long
7: enough. And he'd go, and then the harmonica would start.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you really stretch. You'd, you'd keep it going.
7: Hey, wow. speaking of,
0: speaking of my music. Yeah. I found another uh, tape of demos in my storage place. Really? Cause you've been I finding think- all these tapes of you trying different uh, styles of music, which sounds very interesting and very kind of revelatory in terms of your, 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 uh, musical journey it's true. that you would it's try awesome. some of these dramatic moves, that, but never release the stuff.
7: Yeah. I think last time we talked, I found a quiet storm tape. Yes. Well, this tape, remember back in the arts when all this, like a lot of big tunes were about either going to the club or, or, or a party like, you know, uh, I think it was 50 cent had in the club and, uh,
0: mm-hmm. uh, pink had get the party started. Yeah, a lot of songs were about a party. Yeah, and I guess assuming that this would be playing at a party.
7: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tried my hand at that at those kind of songs too. Really? Yeah. I was terrible at it though.
0: Okay. Well, you but you did a you did a handful of songs.
7: Yeah, but like I mean, I, by that point in my life, I didn't go to clubs or parties. You know.
0: Uh huh. So you were kind of just writing the thing based on the way other people wrote their songs about going to parties and clubs.
7: Well, well, it was, it was inspired by those, but it was like, basically it was my mindset at the time writing about it. So, you know, Tom, please don't make me read any of the titles, please.
0: Well, Bruce, I, I, I kind of, I am a journalist ultimately. Right. Right. I, I do have to ask the hard questions so you you have to excuse me for doing this because we are friends i could i am your friend but ultimately i'm a journalist this is why
7: they call you pod stossel
0: (laughs) i am the john stossel of podcasts yes thank you um yes so i do have to ask you 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 just give us a give us give us just any of the titles give us a couple
7: Well, I'll do them all because it was written kind of as like a, like a not a rock opera, but but like it had it was like a whole thing.
0: Okay, what? what, Give us, give us some.
7: All right. So first song. uh, Where's the party at? Um, Whose party is it? When's the party start? Uh, Do I need to bring anything to the party? Going to the party. I'm here at the party. This party's loud. When is the party over? And the last song was called I Can't Find My Car.
0: Okay, so those, those are just, um, those aren't as much song titles as just statements that one going to a party would make. Like, the, if this is, well, the- those sound more, more, more like, uh, uh, they'd be more at home on an episode of Family Feud if the question was things you say going to a party.
7: Well, I'll be honest. I was watching a lot of Family Feud while I was making that those demos. Yeah, I was. I was.
0: So so Family Feud was an actual influence on your musical. That's a shocker.
7: Oh, yeah. No, I told Richard Dawson, too. I called him up, and I just said, man, you're... You know, if I if I win a Grammy for for for, for uh, party, that was what the album was going to be called. I knew I was going to get sued by Iggy, but you know, I said if uh, if this wins a, a Grammy, you're going to be up there with me accepting because uh-huh. you play a major role in this. Yeah.
0: Well, that's I mean that's kind, but I um. I don't know, Bruce, and then and, and how's the actual music? Oh, it's terrible. Basically, it was just a drum machine, and I couldn't, for some reason, I just
7: couldn't make the guitar kind of like fit in with it. So it was basically a drum machine and me clapping.
0: So it was just your voice, a drum machine, and 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 some hand claps.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of unlistenable. But uh, yeah, I, I tried my. Oh no!
0: What, well, Bruce? What's wrong? Oh no! What is it?
7: Well, I guess what they say about they the say best about... show being the favorite podcast of New Jersey's eleventh most dangerous biker gang is true.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Wh- why? What? What's happening? Is it the Pine Barons?
7: Yeah, the Pine Barons leader Skunkface the Third. Yeah. He must have been in the in the clubhouse listening to the tonight's best show and heard me say I lied about the over the pants fun.
0: Uh huh.
7: Yeah, he's outside in his uh, his AMC Pacer, and he's doing that Warriors come out and play thing, but he's using rolled up pieces of newspaper instead of beer bottles. And I'll be honest, it has nowhere near the wow factor.
0: No, that seems a little like a not. It doesn't sound like it would carry as much.
7: You've really got a strain to hear it.
0: To hear somebody hear somebody smash. Newspaper together, yeah,
7: yeah. Like I'm hanging my head out of the attic window, and I can hardly uh-huh. hear it. Yeah.
0: Now let me, let me ask you this, Bruce. You said that Skunkface the third, so he he's coming to defend the honor of his grandfather. Yes, yeah. Well, that's there's something there's something nice about that in a strange way. I think so, but I mean, although now he's doing that that thing, you know how like when someone has
7: a, has their hand in one fist and the other hand is just like flat and they're grinding the fist into the arm. Sure. Um, he's doing that. So this, mm-hmm. it's going to go down. And Tom, I it really is one of the great mysteries of the world why after a lifetime of never getting into trouble, I, I've been arrested three times and I've had it my does. life threatened at least four times just since knowing you.
0: It's Bruce... I don't know what's going on. Something's the, the, to, to quote uh, a hero of both of ours. Right. There is something happening here, but uh, but neither of us know what it is. Well,
7: I think what Mike Patton
0: had in mind when he wrote that <laughs> it, was, it was not Mike Patton. It was Bob Dylan, not 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 Mike Patton from Faith No More. And no, Mr. Bungle. I knew, Bungle.
6: It wasn't, I, I
7: knew it wasn't Faith no More. I, I thought it was Mr. Bungle.
0: Yeah. Are you a big Mr. Bungle fan?
7: Oh my God! Are you kidding? When Dave Lombardo got in there, forget it.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, that's. Well, I hope. I hope this guy Skunk Face the Third. Um, maybe there's a peaceful resolution.
7: I hope so, but until then, Tom, I gotta go whale and get whaled upon, so um maybe i'll you'll hear from me again, probably not
0: well, well, Bruce, I hope you're okay just for your, the sake of yourself and your family
7: thank you, thank you keep keep on uh keep on rocking in the free world and uh do do the loot do
0: do do okay then now, so now Bruce Springsteen is signing off with like nardwar. Well, this is this, this is, this only gets more and more strange with each passing week. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So, um, yeah, it's the best show. How's everybody doing? You having fun tonight? So uh, Bruce mentioned the slap, of course, the, uh, on the Oscars, the, the, the Academy Awards when Chris Rock made a a joke and it was uh it was it was uh it was a hurtful joke, but then uh Will Smith's answer to the to that was to go on stage and give an old slap in the right in the face and then start yelling from his seat. Um, yeah, it's a uh, very balanced times we live in, very balanced. Everybody's emotions are completely in check. Um, I was at a Oscar party. That's right. I finally got invited to something. How about that? Um, and, uh, It happened. I was walking through the party, uh, looking for a place to sit down. Me and, uh, and, uh, Julia went into a different room and we're sitting. We could hear it. You could hear the awards. And you couldn't see anything though, where we were. So then we hear, we hear Chris Rock's monologue. It's like, Oh, Chris Rock's doing a monologue. This is fun. And then we hear like a G.I. Jane joke. And then uh Julia says, well, what, what, what was that? And I was like, I think he made a G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett. And then suddenly the audio went out for a good 30 seconds. And I just assumed, well, okay. Uh, I guess uh there's some tech problem or something. The audio dropped. Not sure if it was a tech problem at the party or on the television set. No idea. And then uh minutes later I was told by uh uh my friend Jason uh Walliner. Not Jason Dudio Gore. I and I'm friends with other Jasons, sorry. Um he was like Chris Rock just got slapped and we started watching it on uh Sort of watching it on, on his phone and was like, Oh my God. It, uh, yeah, this is what I can say. First of all, you just don't, you don't hit people. You don't hit people. I thought it was horrifying. And it also brought out that feeling in me where I'm like, this is terrible. And I can't get enough of this, which is a really gross feeling. I hate when I feel like that because it just it, it just reminds me of my it's a reminder of my lowest self. I guess is the way to say it. Where suddenly it's like this is gross. Give me more. And I can't be alone in feeling that way, right? People got it. People people get it. It was a it's a it's a gross thing, but you you know it's gross, and you know you're wallowing in garbage, and you and you run toward it. Cause it's, it's very satisfying in a base awful way. Um, then, then you start to read online and people are saying, uh, Oh, it's staged, staged. Yeah. They're just trying to get the ratings up on this thing. What on what planet are do like this is the thing about a lot of conspiracy stuff. It's just like, cause you can just throw a conspiracy at anything and just be like, yeah, they're just trying to get what they want to get from it. And it's like, but it doesn't make any sense. What allegiance do either of these people have to the Academy of motion pictures and sciences to where they'd be like, yeah, let me put my career, my personal career in jeopardy. We'll put it on the line so that the Oscars can get what more ratings after the Oscars. (laughs) It's like for next year's Oscars can get more ratings because this year's is mostly over by that point. It's just people, people people's conspiracy stuff give way too much credit to to people where the general rule of thumb is things are uh, so many things, and I'm not saying that ever that conspiracies don't happen, but I'm saying the rule of thumb for so many situations is that people are incompetent and there's there's just a they're just bad at jobs there's they're they're just bad. In that regard, I, I don't know. I just can't picture how that, like how there'd be any logical way for that to have been a conspiracy. And also what it would mean would be that suddenly Chris Rock took, uh, clearly, clearly Chris Rock was holding back on his acting ability for the last 30 years where, um, he has not exactly been dropping, uh, Olivier, uh, level performances on us in the movies he's done. Am I wrong about this? Anyone who's a Pat Mike? No, you're not wrong, Tom. I mean, it's just like, like, like Chris Rock. You watch some of these movies. This guy can't act this way out of a paper bag. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly he's going to be up on stage pulling off the ultimate performance live. <laughs> Well, they say clearly, uh, he finally went to the right acting teacher. Cause yeah, look, I just, uh, I, you just don't hit people. That ain't how you solve stuff.
2: No, you I, just... uh, I, I, you know, I thought if that happened in a bar,
6: mm-hmm.
2: what you do is you turn the lights up. If it's at night, mm-hmm. you turn the jukebox off. Yeah. And then you escort the guy who smacked the other guy out of the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just surprised at the lack of reaction from the audience and how they pretended like that didn't just happen. And then let's continue as if nothing happened. You know, yeah, it's, like, it's
0: just kind of like that's it, the problem with the thing. It felt vaguely rudderless. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't. It was so obviously unexpected. But then it just creates a thing where nobody nobody knows how to address this and so they don't address it at all they just keep going forward as if nothing happened yeah and that's a that's there's some bad messaging in there but um yeah but i also was just like this is gross turns my stomach a little bit i also want more of it <laughs> i don't like that in myself
2: uh, you, i mean i think everybody knew at that moment that Oh, God, you know, it, it, this is all that we're going to hear about for a week. I mean, yeah. that was it was one of those things, you know?
0: Yeah, I was at um, the point where I was like, I can't believe this happened. If there's a God in heaven, please let Will Smith win Best Actor so that he can get up <laughs> well, on that stage to accept them. Because cause that would be the weirdest moment ever. And then it happened. Uh-huh. The weirdest moment happened that he wins. And suddenly they hand him the mic and talk about playing people off at all. He could still be up there talking now. They would not have played. He could say like, I'm going to talk for the next 72 hours. They would not have played him off. They'd, they'd give him the forum because they were just like, this is, this is TV right now. Like,
2: well, I I guess a fair amount of people knew that he was going to win. Yeah,
0: he was definitely the favorite to win.
2: I think, yeah, I I didn't know about the favorites, but yeah, I mean, they must have knew. So I guess that's why they weren't more forceful in in ejecting him. Mm -hmm. You know, they thought like, well, if we eject him, then it's going to be even more bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's going to be even more insane. Did you, uh, uh, Pat, uh, did you see it?
1: have not seen it.
0: You still haven't seen it.
1: Let's give
2: it up for Pat.
0: No, I give you credit, Pat. Yeah, I give, no, credit. I, I give the anybody
2: credit that can avoid nonsense. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. I mean, it, it's you know the apologies have been made, so it's, ah, it's it should just die, right? But it won't die.
0: No, it'll be around um, for a while. But we yeah. talk about it, and so look, I um, I don't know. It was it was just it, I I don't like when I see my lower self was staring back at me in the mirror. Um the one the one thing I couldn't believe was when people were like like off of that then they're like well the uh then then minute then right after that Amy Schumer kicks Kirsten Dunst out of her seat <laughs> and calls her a it's like I never saw I I I I never saw anything more of a bit yeah than that exactly. and people I couldn't believe people were just like I don't know if that was real or not it's like I got okay I'll help you out on this it's clearly not real it's just like what 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 are you worried about? these I I got I hope these people certainly somebody should fill them in on halloween before that comes around cuz they're going to be just like I just looked out my window there's monsters all over the place I certainly hope that all these, uh, I saw, uh, three people dressed like, uh, Freddy Krueger and Squid Game and all these monsters are walking down the street. I hope this is not, I hope this isn't real. It just, it just, I never saw anything more of a bit. Who's on first? Who's on first is more realistic than, than that that bit and look i thought i thought it was funny i laughed i thought it was the idea the line to say for jesse Clemens to say uh my that was that was my wife and then for amy schumer to say you're married to that seat filler that's a great line that was
2: i don't even think it's the first seat filler joke I mean no, I, I don't think good. it was it was breaking new new ground. No, so I mean, it wasn't anybody even... who couldn't didn't think that was a
0: joke. I don't know what what's going on with people. This is what people should ask themselves. Everybody when you're in a situation, when you're seeing a thing on television and you're not sure if it's real or not, ask yourself a simple question. Ask yourself just take a step back and ask yourself what's going on with the cameras? Where are the cameras? How are they covering it? When you're watching a show and somebody knocks on the front door, a quote unquote reality show, and somebody knocks on the front door and there's a camera already in the house (laughs) shooting them from the house through the doorway to the outside, that means this is a production. This is not a surprise. No one is surprised. There's a camera. It's a very simple way to navigate these things if you're not sure the reality of things just ask yourself boy they sure seem to be filming this thing professionally and have all the camera angles uh set up here just track that and you'll you'll get the answer to so many of your questions where's the camera it's very simple Oh, Pat, Pat, any, any calls? We got any calls? And the other thing was, it stepped on, it stepped on Questlove's moment. That was the other bummer for the whole thing. Questlove made a documentary called Summer Soul, which last year when I saw this Velvet Underground documentary, I said, this this is one of the best music documentaries I've ever seen. What will come close to this? What will come close? In the same year, Look, I didn't watch the Beatles thing yet. I'm going to watch the Beatles thing. I put it off because I'm waiting for the right moment. Why am I, well, I didn't watch it because I'm so much, I'm not a big enough Beatles fan. Ho ho ho, quite the contrary. I am so into it. I want to give this thing the proper attention so I can enjoy. Cause you only get one shot at watching this thing. So I want it. Well, you can watch as many times. You get as many shots as you want. You only get to see it once. For the first time once. So I want to watch it when it's when it's when I I can give it my full proper attention. And it's so good. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard it's amazing. But then you have Summer of Soul the same year. We had three yeah. classic music documentaries come out in the same year. Summer of Soul, Velvet Underground, Get Back. Now. But Summer of Soul. This is the first time Questlove. This is the first thing he's directed. The first movie directed. This is a masterful film this guy made. You would never know if, if I saw that in somebody and it said, "How many movies has this person directed?" You say five. I don't know. It seems to be in complete control of the narrative and the craft, and it's uh, impeccably paced and and. It, and just moving and, and funny and, and just energizing and life affirming. That's what this guy made a thing. No, he's first movie. Ma- Master class. And I'll say this, one of the best things, uh, best things that happened to me this year was seeing that thing in 35 millimeter at the new Beverly and seeing Questlove was there. And I talked to him about it. Because I've met him over the years, on and off, I I saw him in the lobby, and I just told him this movie is amazing, and it makes it made me cry more than once. Congratulations, you made, and I'm so glad for him because he got to see his movie projected on film for the first time that night. So it was an exciting thing to be to be there at the theater when he got to see his own movie on film projected in 35 millimeter, insanely great sound. The whole deal. And then he did a Q&A afterwards. And you know what he said at the Q&A? He talked to, well, I know you don't know because you weren't there. He said, he's working on another documentary, and he said what it is. And I, I don't know how public this is that he said the next one is Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, man. That he's doing a full, he's doing a feature, Sly and the Family Stone there's a riot going on documentary. He's got all the footage and the rights from common held the rights. And he talked about this on stage. I'm not saying, I'm not, not there's not speculation. This stuff he talked about. That's going to be the greatest thing. That would, that's like a dream to me to have a, a well-made Sly and the Family Stone documentary. Amazing.
3: So, so it's a documentary, not a, not a, a documentary. After. No, okay. it would be a, another doc. That's amazing.
0: And it'll be it'll be jaw-dropping. But this guy it was his moment and now he's got to go up in the wake of this this stupidity to accept his award and it's it's just it's like no no pun intended, it's a slap in the face to him. If anybody got a slap it was he got slapped also. This is a crime, this is a moment that's truly a once in a lifetime thing for a first-time filmmaker to win best documentary. And it's just, it was, it was just a bummer and so many different ways. And that was just one of them. So, um, and the thing I said it in a tweet, I tried listening to Will Smith's music recently and it just doesn't sound the same. It sounds terrible now to me. It's awful. I can't, I put on Big Willie style, Willennium. I was listening to all of them. They sound awful now. They just sound the music's all terrible and i don't know if it's because of this slap thing that i just can't for me the the most hurtful part of this is that his music is lost to me i can't listen to nightmare on my street and and feel the same sense of exuberance and the la, la. i can't listen to miami <laughs> i can't listen to wild wild west uh, the way i used to and then yes. just it's the the magic of his music has vanished for me now and that has been taken i have been robbed of the love going keep going keep going, of, <laughs> keep, going. <laughs> keep going i can't you gotta I can't. You just keep it going <laughs> I can't listen to his music anymore. No. It just doesn't mean doesn't resonate. Just don't understand. Doesn't Does it resonate anything. the same way. It, it doesn't resonate. How,
3: Does how do you slap? feel about How do you feel about Men in Black? Is that just not? Hitting? Oh, that one's still.
0: That's still great. Okay. That song still great. I tried listening. I'm not kidding you. I was listening to Pump Your Brakes <laughs> from from. His 2005 album, uh-huh. Lost and Found.
6: Uh-huh.
0: Didn't move the needle anymore. <laughs> Are you doing it with this without listening. notes? Mike, this is from my heart. Okay,
2: all
0: right. <laughs> I tried listening to uh, Party Starter. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy. All the songs, all my favorite Will Smith songs, Uh If You Can't Dance, featuring Ms. Nicole Scherzinger from uh the Pussycat Dolls didn't matter to me anymore. I mean, uh-huh. I tried listening to Black Suits Come and Nod Your Head featuring Trey Knox. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, even 1,000 Kisses featuring his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Jaden's Interlude. <coughs> From born to rain, that was the album he put out in two thousand two. It didn't. It just didn't matter to me anymore. His music just didn't matter. I was, uh, and I'm heartbroken over it. I'm heartbroken that freaking it. And uh, La, La Fiesta, you are going to kill Mike. I just like the fact that the fact that Ah uh, featuring Kel Spencer didn't do anything for me anymore it hurts my heart that will 2k featuring case casey didn't i didn't care anymore it hurts we all took a we all took a hit that day i can't listen to his version of just the two of us yeah i just it's really you know I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I'm lost now. I had something stolen from me that night. Mm
2: -hmm. All of us did.
0: All of us did, but me more than anyone, I would say
2: (laughs) that night. The idea that. Yeah.
0: The Uh idea, the idea that friend like me, the song he did in 2019 and yeah, these are all just very hurtful moments to me that his music has has lost its power. I mean, even his guest appearances, <laughs> even his guest appearances, like, like he, he, that he did, he did his verse on "Hey Sexy Lady" with Shaggy and Sean Paul and Brian and Tony Gould, that his turn on Icon. The remix of Icon with Jaden Smith, his son and Nicki Jam. Even the song he did from the, on the Shark Tale soundtrack with Mary J. Blige got to be real. This is the Shark Tale soundtrack. (laughs) You guys know how important that soundtrack is to me. You have it in like four formats. You know how much I love, I'm always talking about the Shark Tale soundtrack and now it's gone Uh because of one foolish slap.
2: What about the movies? The body of work?
0: No, oh, I like the movies still.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I like Wild, the Wild movies. West. Wild Wild West is still great. Great movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still like his movies.
2: Okay.
0: Well, actually, to be fair, I have not gone and checked them them out to see what they mean to me anymore. I guess yeah. I, I should probably throw on uh I should probably throw on iRobot or um Hancock. Um Men in Black 3 After Earth um you know Aladdin Gemini man Bad Boys for Life for uh you know uh Hitch I am legend uh Bad Boys 2 Bad Boys 1 Bad Boys for Life as I the aforementioned Bad Boys for Life I should probably watch these movies and see if they still matter to me. See if Concussion still matters to me.
2: <laughs> you got see the blue if his
0: performance, See if his performance as Deadshot in Suicide Squad still resonates the way it used to be. We hear Concussion's coming out in 4K. Um, I'm ready for a 4K <laughs> version of Concussion. I hope it still holds the magic. I, uh, look, I gladly I'll put Dad's on. I'll watch Dad's, which it's a documentary that he's in. Um, he did the voice of uh, Lance Sterling in Spies in Disguise. Of course you, everybody knows that, but it, I just, I just hope I can get back in touch with this. Cause there's nothing I'd like better than to sit back and watch him in collateral beauty, play Howard uh, in inlet in collateral beauty and sit back and just enjoy it like the good old days. You don't think I want to watch? <laughs> After Earth, see him as Cipher Rage in After Earth, directed by M Night Shyamalan. You don't think I want to watch him in I Am Legend? And again, the the aforementioned Shark Tale, to hear him do his voice of Oscar. That was my Oscar. Not him winning for King Richard. When it comes to me and Will Smith, my Oscar was him doing the voice of Oscar <laughs> in Shark <Tale>. <laughs> <laughs> Even the cameo he did in Jersey Girl. And ironically, <laughs> ironically he produced a movie called The Seat Filler in 2004. <laughs> I just feel things have been taken from me, and I don't know if I'll ever get them back. Um, I can only... Fingers crossed, there'll be a day when I can sit back and just enjoy a movie like Hancock or Hitch, like I used to, to watch... I would love nothing. I I would give... I would give literally anything to just enjoy Bright the way I've enjoyed it so many times. To watch him bring Daryl Ward, his, the character of Daryl Ward, to life. I, I didn't even mention Aladdin. We all lost that day. And who's typing? Who's type? Who's searching? Mike uh, Will Smith movies. I hear clicking and clacking. It was me. Don't, don't search them. If you don't know it for real, don't search. I'm talking, I don't even have internet where (laughs) I am right now. This is just all off the top of my head. I was going to ask the audience if you, uh, could
2: do this for the rest of the show. Would they give you permission?
0: Mike, the audience doesn't give me permission for anything. (laughs) I'll
2: talk about, <laughs> but, but you've, you've, you've been deeply touched and I, I deeply think, I think I, you have to it, get this off your chest.
0: And again, I've talked so many times on this show about how much I love Shark Tale. Some Jack Black, Robert De Niro. If I told you there was a movie, Hey, you want to see this new movie featuring Renee Zellweger, Jack Black, Robert De Niro, Angelina Jolie. And the acting of Will Smith and Martin Scorsese, you'd be like, well, that sounds like the greatest movie I've ever heard. Well, guess what? It exists already, and it's called Shark Tale.
10: Uh-huh.
0: And there's a reason why Shark Tale made, and I know this number off the top of my head, $374.6 million worldwide <laughs> against its $75 million budget. Uh-huh. And the reason why it finished as the ninth highest grossing film of 2004. I was one of the people that helped that. Now, I'm probably responsible for conservatively, I'd say this because I've promoted this movie so much over the years. 11 million of that 374.6 million. I will proudly take credit for that. And I just feel if I can't watch Shark Tale. And enjoy it and laugh and dream and cry and hide in fear and love. Ultimately, if I cannot love the way I used to love the character of Oscar, a comical streetwise blue street cleaner rest who worked in the well wash of Reef City and often concocted schemes to become rich. If I can't enjoy the exploits of Oscar then what can I enjoy? If I can't enjoy that in this movie, uh, Shark Tale, Martin Scorsese played Sykes, a lone shark pufferfish who, who owns the whale wash and to whom Oscar owes 5,000 clams, then what do I have? What do I have? This was taken from me that day. In the list of people Will Smith apologized to when he did apologize, first of all, he didn't apologize. He should apologize to Questlove for saying, Hey, I totally crushed your moment. What if I, what if Questlove came up on stage and Elka bonged Will Smith up there accepting it with his Oscar? Be like, yeah, that's what you just did to me, buddy. No. He should apologize to Questlove and he should apologize to me a fan of Shark Tale. He owes me. And I'm saying this right now. And I don't do this often, but when I do it, it's for real. Until I get a full apology from Will Smith for taking Shark Tail away from me, Will Smith, you're banned from the best show. You can't come on. You can't promote stuff. Uh-huh. You can't just come by and hang out. Nothing. Door is slammed in your face. Well, I heard my- he wrote a book. I don't, I, I was ready to read it. <laughs> there goes and my I'm first sure quarter guest. There goes your first quarter guest. Well, <laughs> sorry. <sighs> That's how it goes sometimes. Look, another person got hurt now by this. Jason Gore. I can't believe it. And you know who else is hurt the most by this, ultimately? Not me. Not Questlove. Not Chris Rock. Oscar is hurt. (laughs) The character of Oscar has just been (laughs) changed. Has just been compromised forever. Yeah. We can never thrill to Oscar the way we used to. So um yeah Will Smith That's that's how the the slap resonated to all of us And the Shark Tale community I want to speak to my friends in the Shark Tale community We'll get through this And we'll get through it as a family because that's what we are. We are the reason that this movie made 374.6 million dollars worldwide against a 75 million dollar budget, finishing its theatrical <laughs> run as the ninth highest grossing film of 2004. That's us, not the critics. The critics said this film would they they if I remember correctly and I do because I'm a huge fan. They gave the film generally negative reviews. Not from the academy, because they did nominate for best animated feature at the 77th academy awards. Lost to, uh, lost to the incredibles. Oscar belongs to us. The Oscar might belong to Will Smith, but the character of Oscar, that's ours, baby. And we'll bounce back from this. Pat, any calls? Anybody on line five?
1: They're on right now.
0: They're on, on line hey. five right now. Please bring up, please bring up my, uh, my esteemed friend, uh, on line five. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. Hi. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I recognize this voice. This is, this is, if I had to guess, this is Emma uh-huh. Healy.
9: That's
0: correct.
9: Now people
0: and now look we used to call you on the show Emma from Toronto, right?
9: It's true. That is true.
0: You were called Once Emma from called Toronto. That. But no more. Now we call you no Author Emma Healy. <laughs> oh, That's right. Yes. Author. I
9: insist on being called that actually.
0: Well, you should insist you on it because it's who not, you are.
9: I told you I told you that I would not call into the show Unless you called me author Emma Healy, and I'm glad right. that you're honoring that.
0: <laughs> well, we are honoring it. We it's a the show is nothing if not classy.
9: Mm-hmm.
0: And we are honoring mm-hmm. you, Emma Healy. Why? Because last week a book came out,
6: Uh-oh.
9: and the
0: name of this book is called Best Young Woman Job Book. It's true. Now, who the F wrote this book? (laughs) Who?
9: Tom. Tom, I have some news for you.
0: What's that? I I, I believe it was me. You wrote this book, Best Young Woman Job Book. Now, I'm going to tell you something, Emma. You wrote it. Uh Uh-huh. I read it. I read this book. I want to tell people, I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, go check this book out, but I didn't read it. I read this book months ago. It's great. It's a, it's seriously all kidding aside, Emma, our friend, Emma, I'm very proud of you. Emma, you wrote a book and the book's great. (laughs) And it's a memoir and it's a, it's a journey and it's all right. What would you describe it as?
9: I would describe it as a memoir and a journey for sure. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, Trying at first to tell people that it was an essay collection, but it's not that really. No, it's not. No, you've
0: you've you've got some. It's got, it's, it's got some. It's 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 a bigger. It's bigger than just a collection of stories.
9: Yeah, it's got it's got some weird. I kind of feel like it almost not. I I don't know it's hard to talk about the the format or the structure of it but I, I some people have told me recently that it reads almost like a novel to them like it's got a it's got a structure that is less like a traditional memoir than you know maybe something that's like a little a, a little more um, I don't know like plotted out in a different way but I don't know I don't know how it seems to people I don't know what it is anymore I can I I have no perspective on it anymore. So I don't
0: know what it is. But you're not it's a supposed book, to have maybe. perspective on it. <laughs> you did the thing, it's not for you to It's not for it's not it's a strange thing as somebody who and I don't know if you heard I wrote a book also. Um Wait, it's
9: what?
0: called uh it's called It Never Ends and uh yeah, and it came out last uh July and I want to just say this.
9: memoir and a journey. That book is a memoir and a journey.
0: Well, you're sweet to say it. But I'm saying, you and I, we're side by side right now. We done did it. That is true. Um, So I know how hard it is to do this. But the thing is, it's not yours anymore in a strange way. My thing is not Mm -hmm. mine anymore. It's It's just out in the world. And your book, you might have seen it as this or that. It's kind of not... Yours to say what it is in a way. If as as yes. weird as that is.
9: Yes. I'm actually I'm thrilled about that. I keep saying to people and I keep saying it like it's a a joke that I'm just I'm really happy that it's not my problem anymore. It's everyone else's problem.
0: <laughs> problem. Yeah, it's their problem now.
6: <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. What 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 is this? Uh it follows. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like it's not my problem. Yeah. Look, when this thing catches up to you, just keep walking fast. It's your problem now. No, it's not. It's a gift. The ring. It's yeah. not the ring. It's a gift you dropped in front of everybody.
9: I it's appreciate so, you it's, saying that, Tom.
0: But the thing Thank is, with you. this book, best young woman job book, yes, which it's came nice, out, it's uh,
9: so easy to say and to remember. Mm, <laughs>
0: It's um no, it's a great title.
9: Thank you. I like it. But it's it's not it's uh it's lending itself to a lot of people asking me uh like like people just sort of trying to remember it and no, it's sort of even though it's memorable, it's also a little bit impossible to remember, and so no I'm helping people along a lot of the time.
0: Sure. Well, look, guys, it's not that hard. Best young woman. Job. Mm -hmm. Book.
9: Book. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, but it's really, it's load, it's so funny. I laughed so much and was also so moved through it. You really struck, you, 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 you struck such a balance with it where sometimes it's just straight up funny. Sometimes it's funny and you're just like, Oh, I'm laughing, but this is sad a little bit too. And other times you're just like, oh no, this is sad. <laughs> but that's that means you went for it.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. I feel I'm I the it makes me happy that it it made people laugh. When I was working on it, I was worried that it was too that it was it was too serious or something like that, and when people started to read it and tell me that that it was funny, that that made me happier than anything. That's a really that's a but, nice thing to hear.
0: That the humor, the humor in some of these stories came through.
9: Yes, exactly. Because I feel like that's the hardest thing to to convey, especially in a book. It's so hard to to make people laugh in a book. I know it's really hard to make me laugh when I'm reading a book. And so it makes me feel good when people have that reaction to it.
0: Mm -hmm. It's nice. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's all there because you have some of the stories that I've heard over the years, some things you talked about on the best show over the years and, but Mm -hmm. you go deep into them now and really explain like you, you entering the world of like when you worked for the, uh, the sleazy websites.
9: <laughs> I did work for the sleazy website.
0: <laughs> what? And <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Cause it was like, you were working for just like adult, uh, adult uh, uh, entertainment websites. Uh,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Pornography, yeah. right. I guess is a, we can call it, we can, say, we can call we can it pornography.
6: That, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, but they also, they, the, and it's just like the way you broke that stuff down is so amazing because you go in and you just, you're just reporting on it from all angles where it's funny and it's gross and it's, it's thrilling that somebody's on the inside telling these stories of what it would actually be like to be at one of these companies. And it's just. It's so entertaining in so many ways and there's only one flaw in your book. Uh oh. Only one flaw. <laughs> and I think you know what it is.
9: I know what you say, I think.
0: At one point mm-hmm. you allude allude is the operative word here. Yep. To a uh, radio show.
9: Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah
0: that you're a huge fan of that makes you laugh and all your, you and your buddies like it, <laughs> uh-huh. but you just couldn't name the show. Could you?
9: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tom. I couldn't do it. There was no way.
0: <laughs> you just couldn't name the show. And I'm reading I this. I'm just it. going, Oh, Emma likes a radio show. That's cool. And Oh, it's in New Jersey. <laughs> Oh, she likes it. Makes her laugh. Yeah, okay. I wonder and, if
9: I know the person who does. It.
0: Yeah. Oh, people have it in common. Hmm, what show could that be? <laughs> it wouldn't have killed you. It wouldn't I, have killed you. Know you. What? Yeah.
9: This is all the more reason for me. You know, they're trying to right now to to sell this book to an American publisher, and know yes. if I if they sell it in America, then I can. Um, I can make sure that I put in your name and the name of the show, and I'll make the font just, like, a couple sizes bigger than Oh, oh no, no, no. I don't, it. It. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore.
0: Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want that anymore. Your, sorry, book your book
9: is your book. It's in the it's... works. I can't stop it now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's yeah. – re- well, it's – well, because, look, the book is available through – um through Penguin Random House, is that the publisher? Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The, you look. You can order it from book publishers all over the world online. Mm-hmm. You can get a copy yeah. of this. It is be yes. it is published in Canada through Penguin Random House, but you mm-hmm. can order it in the USA if you go online and and go to a book a book ordering site.
9: Mhm. Mhm. And also, if you go to your local independent bookstore, you could probably ask them about it, and they might be able to order it in for you as well if that's your if that's your preferred way of doing
0: things absolutely yeah. no you can get you can get the book um and you should get the book. Don't wait for um, it uh just go get it it's 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 affordable the Canadian one's just as affordable as anything. Go get it. It's it's great. It, it, seriously, Emma, congratulations on this book. It's, you, uh, it's truly amazing. And I'm very excited and proud for you to have, to have done this and to have a book telling your story. Cause you did such, you're such an excellent writer and you, you, you went so far above and beyond what I thought you were going to do with it. And I was, I had high expectations and you went further so far past them.
9: Oh thank you. That means so much to me, Tom, and I really, really appreciate you saying all of that. And yeah. I just I have a I have one question for you before before you move on because I'm sure you have a full thing what, 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 what's stuff that? right now. I was just wondering if you think that you'll ever be able to listen to the R and B remix of the song Switch featuring Robin Six from the album Lost and Found, the fourth studio album by American actor and rapper Will Smith, which was oh, No, I'm I'm in I'm March familiar with the
0: album. <laughs>
9: Look, <laughs> I just
0: the, the 2005, 2005 album 2005. Lost and Found, I know it.
9: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just because I know that you said that you wouldn't be able to listen to the the song Switch, which makes sense to me, but the R&B remix featuring Robin Sick. I'm wondering if that's also been ruined
0: for you. In all of this, because know. that would be a I'm,
9: real
0: tragedy. I'll say this. I'm scared to find oh. out. I'm scared to find out.
9: You know what? And we're all right there with you, Tom. America uh, and Canada, we're all right there with you.
0: I'm as scared to find out as the song Scary Story from that same album. <laughs> makes people. The song Scary Story from Lost and Found. The, album, the, 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 the Will Smith album, Lost and Found.
6: It was
9: already hard for me to listen to the song "Scary Story" because I, I'm I'm easily spooked. But now, it's even you want, harder.
0: It, it, thank you. It's, it's a it's a it's a troubling situation. You know what? The other th- thing that always threw me about that album is the first song's called "Here He Comes." Yes, and it's billed as performed by Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince. Huh. So, this is a good question he, that you're he, posing here. So he he's like, what is he doing? Like a is this like a uh is he doing like doing a Garth character. Brooks thing? Like a <laughs> like a Chris Gaines? Yeah, is this is like Chris Gaines where he suddenly like Will Smith is like, hey, the Fresh Prince is here on this Will Smith album. It's not me. It's the Fresh Prince
9: like running between rooms like taking a taking a hat off and putting a mustache on or whatever trying to make sure that you get something
0: different we don't know what what this making this dude tick
9: it's true it's you know that's and that's the kind of question that you can only really get to the bottom of with like repeat listening
0: yes (laughs) you gotta log the you gotta log the hours
9: yeah, you now really you have to log the never hours if you're going to be able to put that time in.
0: Absolutely, no. You got to put the time in if you want it to go. If you want it to yeah. be the way it should be.
9: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to
0: hear that. Thank, thank you, <laughs> Emma. Now, I'm Emma Healy, the book is out. It's amazing. Congratulations, you. you done did it.
4: Thank you, Paul. and
0: everybody should check the book out. And they will not be disappointed. Once again, it's Best Young Woman Job Book by Emma Healy, a.k.a. Emma from (laughs) Toronto.
9: Exactly. Look at that. Finally, the mystery is revealed.
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, Emma, congratulations. I hope the book, uh, I hope you're as happy with it as as, uh, I was happy reading.
6: Thank
9: you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it so much.
0: I'll talk to you soon.
9: All right. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye Bye. Let's listen to a song, and we'll be right back. We're going to play a little more Black Lips. This is Family Tree. Oop! Almost played it with no volume. Look at that. Family Tree by the Black Lips. Black Lips from the Arabia Mountain album. Family Tree. It's a good band. Good stuff, man. Where are they at? Come back, Black Lips. Come back, please. Please. So, Pat, what kind of calls we got? We
1: have four of them, and they, uh, many of which have been on hold most of the show.
0: Well, let's talk to them then. Hello, Best Show.
8: Hey Tom, this is Charlie in Washington, DC.
0: Charlie in Washington, DC. What's up, Charlie?
8: So I got one for the uh topic, if you're still doing that.
0: Uh oh, absolutely we are. The a uh, topic being just uh the awful, horrible, bad uh auditions yeah. or job <laughs> interviews or
8: so I, I'm I'm not a performer. I'm not in the in uh, the business we call show. So I will. Uh, this is a job interview on it. That's okay.
0: Let's hear it. So uh, I was uh,
8: I do kind of like PR and media relations stuff like that. So like maybe eight years ago or so, I applied for this job where this all this stuff and contacts and you, you know you're able to you know talk about media issues and you know you know reporters and at the end it said you know. Uh, workable knowledge of French is useful in this, in this job. So Uh I I traveled, I traveled to France once and I can kind of do like restaurant and numbers and taxi and that kind of stuff. And uh, it turns out when we did the job interview, um, they conducted half of it in French and it was, they strictly had to do it for the regulations of the, uh, of the place. And I said, let, let me just stop you right there. I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, no, nope, in order to do this interview, we're just going to interview you in French. And it was, um, I'd never experienced pure, unadulterated flop sweat like that. Like actual, uh, you know, like just just fluid pouring out of my face. And then they were just kind of like looking at me. And I, I kind of just had to sort of, you know, eat crow and seal myself out.
0: So just give me, give me a actual dialogue on how this went. Cause this is, this is, this is an insane one. No offense.
8: (laughs) No, cause it was, you know, if you could picture a job description, there's like 18 things. And the very last thing is, and oh, by the way, if you can like, and I just, so the dialogue there was okay. We did a bunch of you know maybe fifteen or twenty minutes of the interview in English. It's okay. So now I'm going to turn to my colleague here, and she's going to ask you questions in French. And I kind of almost did like one of those uh college basketball teas for the timeout with my hands, like I, I don't, I, I don't think you guys understand. I can't speak French. I can I can decipher it and do Google Translate. They're like, no, we have to interview. So she just asked me a question about in French. You know what's my approach towards developing narratives for complex issues with, uh, you know, you know, problematic issues with with an organization? Like in French, she would have asked that, and I just kind of looked at her, and and, I, and in yeah. English, I said, I said, I'm sorry, I I I can't. I, I mean, I don't um. know what you're saying. It's, And she kind of made a little notation on her on her notepad, and she goes, "Well, I have a," and it was it was formal, right? It was this is kind of like a a quasi governmental organization, so they had to follow Mm -hmm. regulations. Oh, I have four questions to ask you. Um, I'm going to ask you the second one in French now, and it was something like, you know, in dealing with you know budgets of a certain size, are you able to sort of manage projects, and and all in French, and and I was like. In English, like I told you the first time, I don't speak French that well. And she had to go through all four of them. And I forget what the the last two were, but it was probably 120 seconds that felt like ten years.
0: Oh, it's uh, I'm still feeling it now for you. Oh yeah, my it, goodness, <laughs> that's um, the worst that, thing I've ever heard.
8: I, it taught me to never fudge. On a, on a job application um, if I was going to fall victim to that.
0: I don't know what to say to that. That one, that just kills me.
1: You're that's like, well, I,
0: actually, I <laughs> speaking French is did I say I spoke French? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I can decipher French. Well, that's kind of speaking it, right? <sighs> Oh, my friend! Oh, my friend! What are we doing?
4: Well, what I, are we I, doing? To all the listeners, hopefully this is this
8: is fair warning. Like my, my pain can be your lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah! Watch out when you lie on those job. Uh, those those the saying you can do a thing. Yikes! Yep. Well you happy now you have you you got a different job
8: oh yeah i'm cruising i'm I'm feeling good this this is this is a nice uh school i've not seen in the past and I'm, I'm i'm in a good spot now
0: good good wow i love that story that's amazing thank you tom all right you have a, gra- a great uh have a great day <laughs> take care all right bye wow wow Okay. Let's do another call. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the best show. Hi. This is Colette from Athens. Oh, Colette from Athens. Look at this. This is the, the stars. It's like you'd think it was the Oscars. A <laughs> big no slapped Cause the, the stars are out tonight. How are you, Colette? I'm doing okay. Um it's uh
11: WrestleMania week which is uh pretty terrible for people in the profession of criticizing pro wrestling. So I'm watching a lot of it. It's not very good.
0: What 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 do you, what do you mean it's not that you're it's on now? I thought it was this weekend.
11: It's on every damn day, Tom.
0: Wait. Huh. So it started. Monday. So WrestleMania started already?
11: WrestleMania starts on Saturday, but there was, there's Monday Night Raw, there's Tuesday Night NXT 2.0, uh, Wednesday night is AEW Dynamite, Thursday night, uh, is practically Shabbat if you like wrestling, there's none on, uh, Friday is SmackDown, and then Saturday and Sunday is WrestleMania nights 1 and 2, NXT Stand and Deliver, and like probably 20 independent wrestling shows.
0: goodness are you are you wrestled out already i've been wrestled out for years tom you want out you want out collect don't you <laughs> you're done with wrestling but you can't but ironically you can't tap out it's the only thing i'm good at writing about i don't know what to say what, what what's the big event this uh this weekend though for wrestlemania What should I be looking forward to?
11: Johnny Knoxville is wrestling. That's the one thing I am
0: really looking forward to. Hold on. And when, when is that Sunday or Saturday? It's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. Johnny Knoxville's wrestling. Oh my goodness. What time is that happening? (laughs) I don't know specifically when
11: he wrestles, but I think the show starts at eight. Um, He's wrestling a wrestler called Sammy Zayn, who has like kind of a, left-wing conspiracy theorist sort of thing. Like, Johnny Knoxville leaked his phone number uh, to, like, everyone by flying a plane, like, with, like, a banner flying behind it, and he's been getting phone calls from wrestling fans for two weeks, which would be hell.
0: Um, So we're at the point in the wrestling world where there's a a left-wing conspiracy wrestler.
11: Oh, yeah. I watched a wrestling match tonight that had a character whose gimmick was that he... Uh, felt that acceptance and, uh, like, love and equality for everybody was a bad thing.
0: Well, that's a, that's a noble stand to take. <laughs> for wrestling <laughs> to is, take, yeah. Who would? Ay, <laughs> ay, ay. Where, where do you go from there? When you say, yeah, this wrestler is gonna say that lo- love is bad. for humans to love each other is terrible that's yikes what happened to the old days where somebody would just uh, smash a chair over somebody else's head yeah we've come too far
11: as a society
0: I think I think we have I think do you ever do you ever feel like this Colette did we reach the end of the line are we done here in some respects, yes, but
11: in other respects, you know, we're going to keep finding ways to innovate, I think. Like, we're going to keep figuring out how to make movies uh, into Quibbies. Um, we're going to keep inventing platforms for music to be proliferated on, you know. It's all making the same thing over and over again. Like, TikTok is just Vine, but, you know, it's innovation. Mm-hmm. You can market it on Wall Street.
0: So, Claude, who's who's the so Johnny Knoxville's wrestling? Uh, wh- what's the wrestler's name? Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane. Mm-hmm. Why, is, why is he not wrestling Billy Zane? <laughs> I'd watch that.
11: I would watch that too, because I would have
4: to.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you you feel trapped. <laughs>
11: Sometimes, I I mean, I legitimately, I love my line of work, it's great, Um, like, it's incredibly strange, that the weirdo been running a record store somehow, Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I like talking to people about wrestling, obviously, Um, but the parts where I have to, like, really, really, really closely watch stuff that's happening right now, as opposed to, like, older stuff, which is what I usually do, it's kind of tough, because, like, wrestling has just gotten dumber over the years, which is amazing.
0: How is that possible? I don't know. How, how could it get? How could they just be like, "Hey, let's strip away some of the smarter parts of this"? The nuance. There's too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a little too subtle. How? I don't no, know. I I don't understand. Like, what would be a smart? What's a smart aspect of wrestling that they ditched? Um. Huh.
11: That's a good question. I would say um unscripted interviews. Like they write everything for the wrestlers now and it just sounds like, you know, uh marketing talk like it just sounds like ad copy.
0: Um sure. so now they've taken out any chance of of personality. Right. Enter, entering the entering the mix.
11: Yeah. Uh for the most part face paint is gone. I think that that's uh missing. Face paint.
0: Face paint. Why? why why would face paint be what, 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 like what's what's the hang up with face paint?
11: It's just, you know, very retro. It's 1980s stuff, so it's gone now.
0: what, what like Ultimate Warrior.
11: Yeah. There's like, there's like two wrestlers on mainstream TV three that have like, like, face paint, but, you know, for the most part, that kind of stuff, uh, Greek comedy and tragedy masks and, uh, paint form, no more,
0: just gone. Oh, I, I don't know what to tell you, Collette. <laughs> I don't know what to say. This is making, I'm not even a fan of wrestling and this is making me sad.
11: Yeah, also what happened is I'm not a child
0: anymore. That's true.
11: I think that probably hurt wrestling a lot.
0: What would you think about this, Colette? Suddenly you're watching, you're watching, uh, Mm -hmm. WrestleMania and then who enters the ring? Oh my goodness. That's Will Smith (laughs) with his, with his Oscar. And he goes and he's but now he's calling himself like the slapper right yeah and it's like oh my goodness the slapper is in the ring right they're just like right and then he starts slapping people left and right would that be an improvement
11: it'd be an improvement and if it happened at next year's wrestlemania it would be about on par with like you know, being out of touch, (laughs) like it'd be a year late.
6: Mm
11: -hmm. Um, I'm honestly kind of surprised there was like, you remember the celebrity apprentice,
0: right? Oh yeah. I I wrote recaps for it for vulture.
11: Yeah. I've, I've read those. They're very good. Um, back when there was like a big feud between Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. um, that was around WrestleMania 23 and we're at 38 yeah. now. So it was a while ago. Um, the uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon decided it would be a good idea to do a match between Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump using two lookalikes. Okay. Who looked nothing like them. And uh, throughout the whole show, he had the Rosie O'Donnell lookalike, like eating Fudgy the Whale, uh, like ice cream cake, like shoving it into her mouth, like for, Two hours, it was, it was atrocious. And when the match came around, like, Rosie slapped Donald Trump in the face with, uh, with Fudgy the Whale. And then, uh-huh. two months later, we had Vince McMahon versus Donald Trump at WrestleMania. And I'm shocked that that didn't happen at wrestling this week. Like, there's still time, uh, to do a Chris Rock Will Smith celebrity lookalike match,
0: but... Mm. I... The thing about that is, I love how they're just like Oh yeah, Rosie O'Donnell just eats. Ter-. It's like what do You think Donald Trump's doing. He's <laughs> like the master of bad eating. It's like he's he's, he's it's like it's it's the, he's proud of it. Yeah. It's the only thing I like about him. <laughs> <laughs> is bad eating. Man, so he's not
11: going to make fun of him.
0: Yeah. Oh no, no, not no. But but it's just such a it's such a, um, it's such a shocking thing that that's the, that's the narrative. We're just like, she, she eats terribly. He doesn't. Yeah, he does. He's worse than she does. I guarantee it. And still yeah. does. Look, I got, I got to say this. Whatever happens with this. If you feel like it's time to hit pause on this, hit pause. You might need some, you might need, you might need a little bit of a breather from wrestling. Well, I'll take a break and come back fresh. Yeah. I'll take a break next week and then it'll all seem new. Mm -hmm. Well, who's, who's, who, who in the wrestling world is an encouraging figure for the future if things if 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 you could pick someone to be like oh well if they leaned into that wrestler uh wrestling would be in in uh better hands than it is right now
11: Mm, i like there's a different company called aew that does things more towards like what i like about wrestling Mm -hmm. and i think that their champion is really good uh his name is hangman adam page he's a cowboy um he wears cool shirts Okay. And he's really nice. Like, when he uh wrestled in Florida after the uh Don't Say Gay bill passed, like, he commissioned, like, new gear that had, like, rainbow streamers and stuff coming off of the, like, elbow pads. Wow. It was, like, a really nice gesture. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. 63-year-old Sting is also my pick for leaning into for the future. <laughs> I love Sting. Okay. He's my favorite.
0: Mm-hmm.
11: <laughs> he's got a lot of time left on the clock.
0: Yeah, no. The, I think this is saying a whole lot about wrestling that a sixty-three-year-old is one of your picks <laughs> for the future.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it he might be time balcony. for Colette cool.
0: to step away for a minute. That <laughs> yeah, might be. Um, like, who's your picks for the future? This I don't know. This sixty-three-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> this grandpa. Yeah, sure. Let's just say, uh, yeah, he'll help. Now this is um well please call please call next week and let's talk about how WrestleMania was. Okay, I definitely will. Okay. I would love it. Um do you want to
11: hear my uh my job interview story? Without a doubt, yes please. Alright. Um so I had like just graduated my MFA and then flunked out of wrestling school. Um and was, like, living in the state of Michigan during the recession. And I was looking for a job, and I couldn't find any except for this one uh, that was, you know, (laughs) selling knives um, for a company called Cutco. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, I sent my resume and got a call back immediately and was told to show up in Ann Arbor or wherever, like, at 10 a.m., uh, like the next day. So I did, um, I drove out to Ann Arbor. I was there early on time, sat in my car, like, you know, listened to Limp Biscuit or whatever I was doing at the time. And, uh, walked in at 10 AM was shown into this dude's office. And this guy has peroxide bleached hair and is wearing a blazer that looks like, um, you know, if Guy Fieri's, uh, shirts like became formal wear,
0: uh huh, sure.
11: Got a guy's very formal wear. Yeah, uh, and his hair is really strange. And this dude, you know, I sit down and I'm looking like we did a handshake thing or whatever and like I-, I look him in the eye and I see that, you know, he has like a little bit of white powder under his nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 10 a.m., which is, uh, pretty
0: great. He right. sits down. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I said, of course, no, having a little, little residue on your face at 10 a.m. <laughs> it's a positive, positive, uh, bellwether for how this is going to go. And I just yeah. want to say, how many years have you been at this company now? <laughs> <laughs> so,
11: yeah. He told so, me that immediately. You uh, sit down. like. Yeah, I sit down. He introduces himself. He gives me his name. He tells me that he's been at the company for eight years and that he, like, really, 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 really loves selling knives and he believes in the product. Blah blah blah. And then then his first question to me is, "Have you ever sold knives before?" Mm -hmm. Uh, To which the answer was no. I had never sold a knife before in my life, and I, you know, I tell him, and he's like, "Do you have any sales experience?" I I worked in a comic book store when I was in high school, and like you know, that's a kind of sales trick people in buying packs of Pokemon cards. And uh, like the whole time, his head is just bopping up and down, like he's like listening to music that only he can hear. Um, and you know, he goes back into his spiel about knives, um, pulling out like the knife that can cut a penny, and he shows me like how it can cut a penny, and he's like, "You really have to believe in this for this to work. Like, there's no way." for you to make any money in the knife industry if you don't believe in these knives, um, over and over and over again, like stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, concluded the interview with him because I, I had no idea what to do. Like I I had never experienced anything like that before. Um, I'd never encountered a person like that before we shook hands. I left, um, and, uh, I got the job <laughs> <laughs> which which was very unexpected, but uh the next day I got a phone call from another company in Detroit, uh, that was uh in the business of selling giant stickers of athletes' heads. heads. And they Yeah, fat heads. Um and they gave me more money uh and I went to Detroit to work for them and they transferred me to a department of the company that looked at real estate uh maps to determine like how much property someone owns if they own a house because that was owned by the same company. And uh, yeah, that was uh that pretty much was my year back home before I moved to Georgia.
0: Oh, one, one thing I do just want to say about uh-huh. this is I don't think I can disagree with someone more in terms of this guy was saying to you, knives only work if you believe in them. <laughs> and the whole point of a knife is that it's a knife you don't it's not this is not this is not uh this is not tinker bell here where where we, if only we all believe then this knife will be sharp yeah it's a knife oh this knife i tried to I tried to cut this. This this penny with the knife. Well, you just didn't believe enough. That's why it didn't work. It's it's literally knives are very simple. They (laughs) they cut things. It's kind of what they do. Yeah. That is. It's not in the title, but you know, it's a known quantity. Yeah. Knives kind of bring that that to the table. The, the whole cutting part of things. That since that is, well, uh, look, do I wish you were still working at the knife company? Yeah. I kind of do in a way. <laughs> Am I happy you'd, cause right now you'd be talking to your cut co, coworkers saying, yeah, you can watch WrestleMania this weekend. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I think I might just play with some knives this weekend. Hey, Colette, you want to get together and we'll, we'll like check knives out. Like somebody who's way too into being there. Yeah. I, was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah.
11: I don't know if I believe in them this weekend.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I, you didn't believe sales are down. Someone doesn't <laughs> believe in knives enough. Then they'll hook you <laughs> up to some knife e-meter type device that (coughs) tracks these are the lowest knife numbers i've ever these are the lowest numbers i've seen colette you don't believe in knives enough it seems like somebody's got to go back to knife school someone someone needs to go in the knife room and talk to the knives Well, Collette, I'm glad. I'm glad you're where you're at. I'm not. I don't want you to be working at Cutco. No, no, of course no. not. And I also do have a sneaking suspicion you're the maniac who suggested that stupid Cutco podcast that we had to listen to <laughs> on Double Threat a couple weeks ago.
11: <laughs>
0: Absolutely not. But
11: that spurred that like broke that memory like wide open for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because somebody was just like, oh, we're doing podcast rescue on Double Threat. And then somebody's like, yeah, listen to this one for the Cutco company about podcasts. It's the worst podcast I ever heard in my life. And for a second, (laughs) I thought, well, clearly you did not recommend that. So. No, I like y'all too much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Colette, I will talk to you next week about WrestleMania. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Tom. Alright, thanks, take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. Next call, please. Next call. And then we'll wrap it up. These next three calls, and then that's it. Hello, hi, best show. Hello.
10: Oh, uh, hi, I'm going for the best show.
0: Uh, you're, you're on the show. Who's this?
10: Oh. Hi, um, this is Nicole. I'm here for uh, the story, the fourth edition story.
0: You're on with Uh, me. I'm Tom. I'm the host of The Best Show. (laughs)
10: Hi. Welcome. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Uh, I just have a short one, um, and it's about the time I auditioned uh, for a short film for uh, my film class. And uh, I was supposed to have one line. Um, it was me saying, here's your receipt because I'm a cash register, uh, person in the shorts and I could not stop sweating. So I didn't get the part.
0: So you went in for the audition. You had one line. Yeah. What was the line again?
10: Uh, here's your receipt. And then I give someone the receipt. I was like a cashier person.
0: So you're saying, here's your receipt. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's your receipt. But yes. but the old the old waterworks started, huh?
10: Yes, exactly.
0: A little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Uh, uh, it's like somebody dumped a bucket of water on your head.
10: Yes, pretty much. I mean, it was really bad. It, they noticed it very quickly.
0: And you're just, did you uh, do? You, uh, does that happen to you a lot, or is it was it just a surprising thing that suddenly you're sweating all over the place?
10: Surprising! I was just very nervous that time.
0: Well, let's hear. Let's let's hear. I'm going to give you a chance to do it to redeem this moment. Let's hear. Let's hear the line. Here's your receipt. Why? Thank you, cashier. I appreciate it, and because of this. And your polite ways. I have decided. This is an undercover boss type situation. I own the store. You are now the manager of this store. We're pulling a Willy Wonka here. It's your shop now. Because of your courteous ways. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry you sweat so much on that day. It's happened to me before. I would start getting the yeah. sweats and I'd be like, I'm not nervous. There's times when I've gotten it happen where I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I'm the opposite of nervous. Why am I sweating? I don't care about this, but something would betray me in my, in my chemistry. Yeah. It's strange, strange being a human, isn't it?
6: Yes, very much.
0: Well, I like that story a lot, and I hope you still don't give up on acting and you get back out there. Oh, thank you. All right, well, thank you for the call, and you have a great night.
10: Yeah, you too. Bye now.
0: Okay, all right, bye. Dudio, Jason Dudio Gore. Yes, Tom. You got another uh, acting story for us? Anything? Audition?
3: I got two quick ones for you here. Okay. Um. So I went to an audition, and... Uh, my agent, my commercial agent said that it was a, um, it was something medical, but they didn't have any other information. Mm-hmm. So I sign in and I kind of ask what's going on and the people, you know, at the sign in desk, they, they on, they also didn't know, or they just weren't telling me mm-hmm. at, at the end in, in the moment. So I go in <clears throat> And, uh, there is a table probably, um, you've done these casting sessions. So there was probably like eight people in there and then somebody, uh, running a camera. And, uh, so I go there, I stand. I still have no idea. I figure, okay, this is just going to be improvised. I'll, I can do that. I'm, a, I'm an improviser.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And, and
0: studied with Alan, uh, Comover with Alan
3: Comover. I, I, I studied with him. So I should be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. And um then one of the guys says, <clears throat> all right, now go ahead and pull up that shirt. Show us that belly. Oh, no. I, I was
0: going to make a joke as if that's what it was.
3: And apparently this was an audition for those insulin pumps. Oh, God. That <laughs> stick that are like constantly stuck on you. So, so the guy was,
0: said, all right, now. Pull, Pull up, up, that, up shirt. that shirt. Let's see that belly. Let's see
3: that belly, which I did. It's um, like, it's like uh, fame. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I got. I got into LaGuardia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I didn't book, which I'm okay mm-hmm. with, because I probably would have declined anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had. Uh, that, I had.
0: I had a thing happen to me because look, I don't do much acting. Um, at all. Cause I'm, uh, it's not, it's just not my bag. Uh, right. As, as Austin Powers would say, it's not my bag, baby. Um, but I did a thing on, uh, the, the, the Conan O'Brien show that he had a, he had a show called late night with Conan O'Brien. And there oh, was wow. a, there was a, a thing they wanted. There was like a thing where it's like, Oh, it's a boy band called dudes a plenty. And the Conan was like, there was like a running bit that they had this boy band. And, um, they wanted me to play the guy running the craft service table who would then get like roped into being in the boy band at a point. And the, a couple writers, a, a, a couple writers recommended me for the thing. Like they just wanted me for the thing. Like, Oh, you'll be funny. And I wasn't very flattered. So I went in and I did it. And I'm, but as I'm getting ready to do it the second day because it was a two-day thing. Um, They go, um, all right, well, today you're going to uh be shirtless for the dance number. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they were like, no, that's the joke is that you're shirtless. So I was like, well, somebody should have told me that then because I would have just said no. And they're like, and the, the writers weren't pressuring me with this, but the cast, the casting person and wardrobe person were definitely pressuring me with it. And they're like, and, and the one woman was just like, come on, take your shirt off for the thing. Like, what? It's just like, it'll be funny. It'll be funny that way. You take it. It's like, oh great. So it'll be funny that I'll be, so me being shirtless will be just like a real hoot, huh? Everybody'll, and I was just like, I'm not do I'm not doing it. You should have this should have been brought up ahead of time that you that you expected this of me because I'm I'm not I'm not doing it.
3: Was everyone else shirtless? No, no. Just 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 your character would was my character would have been. Yeah, that
1: was the joke, Jason. Yeah, That's hilarious. I I I have Tom. I have been wondering for years what went down. Why is that?
0: You knew about this. You, yeah, you he wrote it. No, I You knew I, about the shirtless part I I wish at, I wish I I wrote it. No, you I did, worked I, at NBC. Uh you were a page,
1: right? No, I was an intern, but An intern, that's what I meant. I, I didn't a- I didn't know about the store. I knew that you, I knew that you did dudes of plenty mm-hmm. and that you were the craft service guy. It's it's on YouTube, but the um no, the casting person who I knew personally from being an intern I knew I knew you back then, and I knew that you you told me that then that you had animosity towards uh you know
0: something we're not gonna mention their
1: names. no, we're not gonna mention names, but like that there was something that went
0: down, and um that was not what that was that was a different thing, but oh that was, okay, um, but it was cute it was not helped by this right so.
1: well i i didn't i never I, yeah, I didn't know any of it, so it was. The hearing this years later is, is a little more piece of the puzzle, I guess. Yes.
0: No, that, um, wow. that was not a great, um, yeah, no, but it's just, it was just an odd, weird thing to just try to be like, come on, take your shirt off. It'll be yeah. funny that way.
3: Well, at least like, they didn't, at least they didn't say, Tom, show us that belly.
0: No, they, they went, they, well, yeah, they, though they did something arguably worse where they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> You're, we already started filming with you. You got to right. do it. Yeah, yeah. Now it was a weird, weird. Did video. you do it? Did I take my shirt off? No. Yeah. Did you end up? And doing they, it? they, no, they, they shot it with me with my wearing a shirt, and they were not happy. And too bad. Wow. Yeah.
3: The other, the other quick audition, what I want to tell mm-hmm. you about is, uh, and Michael loved this if if he's still here. Um. <clears throat> I auditioned to be the Dilly Dilly guy.
0: Ah, yes, from the Bud Light commercials. Yes, Dilly Dilly. When they were Dilly doing Dilly. their 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 medieval themed <laughs> campaign. Yeah,
3: and I went into the room, and it's just me and this just grizzled British casting director, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, give me the line." I'm like, uh, dilly dilly. And then there's a pause. He's like, no, no. Give it to me again. And so I go, I try it another way, another maybe more regal way. I'm like, dilly dilly. And he's, uh, another pause. And he's like, I ah, didn't think it was possible, but I hated that one more than the first one. Uh, give it to me again.
0: I don't think it was possible.
3: <laughs> yeah, mm. and so I ended up giving him probably six uh, dilly dillies, and he was like, "That'll be enough." And he did that thing where you like you do the hand like there's the door, like this sweep, like,
0: sweeping yes. you out of the room,
3: like right this way, sir, like an yeah. usher would do. It's either sweeping or your seats like, this way. Okay. And he just- Or more did, just like, get
0: out of my, get out of my, <laughs> so, like, I don't want to see you.
3: Yeah. Yep. Get I out of my
0: line of, of line of sight here.
3: I could have been the Dilly Dilly guy. Well, I, I will couldn't say, have cause he hated me.
0: Yeah, I know. To be fair though, um the, the, the exacting, uh, precision and excellence that, that, that this director demanded is why those commercials are <laughs> As great as they are, oh yeah. So you can see, even though you didn't fit, you can you you ultimately would have to admit it's some version of, I don't like you, but damn it, I respect <laughs> you. Yeah, dilly dilly, dilly dilly, unbelievable. Now I just uh, I did a casting thing once where I was. It was an MTV commercial at the very beginning of my career, an MTV commercial that I wrote. And and they they decided it's like, oh, we're going to bring in two actors at a time, two auditioners at a time, which is to me the cruelest thing you can do because someone's fate is now tied to how good or bad the person that they just got paired with is like, if somebody, if you get paired to like, hey, do the scene with this other actor that we're just picking from the lobby. Um, if they're awful, you both go, you both go down with the, with the ship. Um, and it happened because one of the two people auditioning for at one of, one of the, one of the teams here was, um, a young Judah Friedlander who was very funny, but was with somebody who was just not very good. And it was clear that Judah Freelander was funny, could not get anything going because this other person kept killing the moment and then neither of them got the job. Because the other person's uh, performance was so rough that it, it sunk J- judah freelander was collateral damage
3: how many years before uh 30 rock was this year years before it oh wow yeah was he wearing the hats and stuff at that point in time did he come in i, think he, was
0: wearing, I think he was wearing a hat i don't think it, it was not as uh I, he, I believe he took it off for the audition um yeah wow Pat, how many more calls we got?
1: We got one, and I wanted to ask you a question. What is uh, the name of
0: Emma's book again? The name of Emma's book is Best... Hold on. See, now I'm blanking on it. It's called... Hold on. Let me just check here. Best Young Woman Job Book. And it's great. Thank you. You're quite welcome.
1: Here is the last call of the night.
0: Let's do it. Last call of the night. Hello, Beshow. Hi.
4: Hello, Tom. It's Steve in North Hollywood.
0: Oh my goodness. As I live and breathe, this is, this is, the, this is a blast from the past. This is so a former nice rookie of the year.
4: Again. Whoa.
0: A former rookie of the year.
4: It's How are you? Forever? Steve? I'm doing swell, and I'm glad to hear your voice on the phone with you.
0: Well, it's nice to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Well, what do you have for the topic? I want to hear this. What do you got? All right. Uh, So this was uh,
4: just before the pandemic. I had an audition for a pretty big network show, and I could have sworn I was supposed to audition for something like Prison Guard. And so I go on mm-hmm. in and the guy, he's like, okay. And you're reading for, I don't know, shopkeeper. Right. And I go, Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm reading for prison guard. And you know, I'd, i read the description. I fit the prison guard. So I do the audition. And the next day on Facebook, my agent just posts, um, actors, when you go to auditions, please make sure you know, <laughs> you know what role you're reading for. And I was like, "Well, sure. Who doesn't?" And then I was like, "Wait a minute. That guy questioned me yesterday." And I go back into the casting email, and sure enough, I read for the wrong role that day.
0: So you're, but your, but your agent decided to to just drag you online.
4: Well, fortunately, they didn't specify. They didn't make any specifications, but I was.
0: But look. Like, it was it was aimed at you though. I suppose it was. Could have been that stinks. That, week. Yeah. that that's but not cool.
4: Fortunately, good things have come since then. I actually wound up booking a big uh, uh, play shortly, like the week after that happened. So that felt good.
0: Well, that's good. So you bounced back. You bounced back.
4: Bounced back.
0: I like that. You, you, you got. You, yeah. You, how are you doing these days?
4: I'm doing pretty well. I just spent five weeks in Australia for something that I'm not allowed to talk about until it shows up on IMDb.
0: Oh, I know what it is. I know what Uh-oh. it
4: is. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I, <don't> I do. <laughs> oh boy.
0: You don't want to hear my guess because you're going to be heartbroken when I guess it.
4: Uh oh. Well if you guess correctly, like nobody's supposed to know what it is. So I'm just a little nervous.
0: <laughs> I know what it is. Oh boy. <laughs> you want me to guess? Okay. You want me to guess?
4: Uh, sure.
0: It's avatar four.
4: <laughs> that would be pretty awesome.
0: And I got it. There you go. <laughs> You're hey, an Tom. avatar four.
4: You know, I, I, I certainly am in no position to turn that down.
0: <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the gang back. They should do for Avatar, for the Avatar sequels, which are coming out. There's going to be four of them coming out. I think it's Avatar 2 through 5 are coming out over the next couple of years. <laughs> this is the song I recommend. And I know... um I know that, uh, uh, James Cameron used to listen to the show. I don't know if he still does. I will say this to, to, um, to, uh, James Cameron. You want a song you could use for this thing? This is what you use. Bonk. Okay. Bonnet. 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 <laughs> Bonnet. Back in blue Right? Back in blue As the way to tell everybody That Avatar is back Back in blue I love it That's perfect. I look forward to That's seeing perfect. you in it Congratulations on the part I hope you play a fun Navi And it's going to be a blast To see Steve from North Hollywood On the big screen All painted blue Um <laughs> And I'll keep my eyes peeled for it.
4: Thanks so much, Tom.
0: And thank you, my friend. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. Bye. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Anything we got to? Anything we got to say? Do pl- plugs? Anything? I mean, I'll oh.
3: always I'll always take a moment to plug one point nine the hawk.
0: He's going to plug the hawk. His yeah, I'm plug the, the hawk. hawk. Yeah. 108.9 The Hawk. Check it out. It's also, really cool.
3: Smash Mouth, uh, retweeted me tonight during the show.
0: Oh, that's exciting. So, that's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's huge. Somebody got retweeted. <laughs> um, alright. Thanks everybody. Besha will be back next week. And, uh, we, well,
6: until then, bye bye.